Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Germany has announced lockdowns for people who are unvaccinated. Very similar to what we saw in Australia. And it was funny. I'm sorry, not Australia. Austria. Australia is way worse, actually. They're putting people in camps, but we'll get to that. In Austria, they announced this. And then a couple of weeks later, they're like, eh, you know what? We're locking everybody down, even if you are vaccinated. Germany is also planning mandatory vaccinations by government force. So this is what we can expect. I think in the US, we'll probably see lockdowns. Joe Biden says he doesn't want them for now if people get vaccinated. So we'll see how that plays out. But we also have this interesting story. We talked about it a little bit the other day. This billionaire says he believes there's a 30% chance in the next 10 years we'll have a civil war-like conflict in the U.S. And maybe he's wrong. I don't know. He's not the first person to say it. And maybe all we're really getting is a bunch of different people repeating each other and believing each other. But I think based on what we've seen with red states, blue states, now Roe v. Wade, people believe will be overturned come June. Blue states are going to lose their mind. There's already Antifa violence. And now we have a study from Harvard that says millennials actually fear civil war. So that'll be interesting. We'll talk about that. And we got to talk about Democrats, man. A red wave is coming. 19 Democrats have abandoned their seats well more than what the Republicans actually need to take the House. So it should be fascinating. And, and, we, and we got really big news. Rumble has effectively sold to an institutional investment firm via a SPAC, a special uh, what, what is SPACs before? A special. Um, oh, no, I'm sorry. Hold this up. Uh, um, I don't forgot what it's called. It's an acquisition company. Um, I did. I just I'm, I'm just uh, forgetting the word. But anyway, the idea is they've teamed up with this institutional investment firm to go public through a shell company. And a lot of people are saying, well, there it is. Your free speech will only go so far as the public investment mm-hmm. is willing to tolerate. So the end of the free speech, free speech there. SPAC special purpose acquisition company. Purpose. Oh, it's, okay. it's created just to make the acquisition and then it becomes part of Rumble once the acquisition is fulfilled. Oh. Well, no, Rumble becomes that company. <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, so okay. it's basically, uh, long story short, in, institutional investors are now the advisors to Rumble and have a huge role and are merging with them. And w- that also means that locals, which is a part of that, which was, which sold to Rumble is now all involved in that. And I think this is, Possibly a good thing, but um, I think short-term good, long-term apocalyptic bad. Hmm. It exploited people in a lot of ways, and I'm not happy about it, but we'll get into all that stuff. Uh, we got uh, some great people hanging out with us. We got uh, John Miltimore from FEE. The Foundation for Economic Education. Happy to be here, Tim. Right on, man. Is What do you do? What do you, what do, you do? I'm the managing editor at FEE. Uh, we're like, we, we, you know, evangelize on free markets, economics. Uh, we're a libertarian group. Been around since I think 1946. Wow, amazing, yes. cool. Well, we got uh, we got a lot to talk about. We'll talk about the acquisition and free speech and all that stuff. That'll be fun. 
Hey, Tim. Yeah, um, just wanted to remind everyone that I like to really help people, and uh, that's what I do what I do, and that's why I also made this very handy chart to <laughs> let people recognize their uh, local parasites. So oh if you're looking to help identify deer ticks, dog ticks, and lunatics, like this picture of Dr. Fauci, you can also help spread awareness by purchasing this T-shirt and wearing it to the general public in a way where it still can't be censored for now. Mm. And the best way for you to do that and to keep me here is a of course, go to thebestpoliticalshirts.com, and because you do, I'm still here. Thank you so much for uh, having me. Is there a limit on how many I can buy? Uh, no, there is not. <laughs> nice. Buy them all. Good Give me your friends and family. Uh, hey, guys, everyone. Happy to be here as well. Ian Crossland, what's up? And I am also here in the corner pushing buttons, as I usually am. I'm very excited to be here as well. But don't forget to go to TimCast.com and become a member to get access to our exclusive members-only segments from the TimCast IRL podcast. We'll have one up around 11 or so p.m. tonight. And we just, uh, I believe we just hired another reporter to do more yeah, work. We actually just flew out another journalist who's uh, going on the ground to cover some of these protests. We got that stuff up. And uh, we got some great merch. So become a member at TimCast.com. Support us. But now I give you what I'm very proud of. Gosh. You're going to love this. <laughs> we have a new T-shirt. And we actually pinned the link to the poster version of this. This is our Visit Howard Springs t-shirt. Why, you, you, you ask, what is Howard Springs, Tim? Well, this is the totally voluntary relocation camp in Australia. And you can see these very lovely people sitting on the beach, surrounded by razor wire, as a police boat chases a man trying to escape. But visit Howard Springs, totally voluntary relocation camp, Australia. And on the back, it says, visit today and enjoy your stay. And we also have a poster version. If you go to TimCast.com, click store, or for the poster version, it's in the the chat for the live show. You can click on that. I'm I'm, I'm loving it. Um, (laughs) You know, I've been uh, feuding with the propagandists trying to claim that the police actually aren't arresting teenagers escaping the quarantine facility, which is insane because it's like reported by The Guardian. But they're really trying to claim this stuff isn't happening. Well, I'll tell you what. You want to come at me? Here's what I'll do. I'll make merch about it. And then we'll have propaganda posters ourselves mocking the claims they're making. And it'll help fund all our work. So if you like the idea, make sure you pick that up. Let's get into this first story. We got it from CNN. I love using CNN as a source when we have horrifying stories because (laughs) now it has to be true, right? Mm. Germany locks down unvaccinated people as leaders plan to make shots compulsory. CNN says unvaccinated people will be banned from accessing all but the most essential businesses, such as supermarkets and pharmacies, to curb the spread of the coronavirus. Outgoing Chancellor Angela Merkel and her successor, Olaf Scholz, Announced Thursday following crisis talks with regional leaders, those who have recently recovered from COVID-19 are not covered by the ban. The pair also backed proposals for mandatory vaccinations, which, if voted through the parliament, could take effect from February at the earliest. Okay, this is happening. It has been two years. And they're still saying, don't worry, if we do this, it'll stop the spread of COVID. It's People have said COVID is endemic. It's a part of our lives now. It'll be seasonal like the flu. Let me just add to that. The authoritarianism is now endemic as well. Countries will keep implementing completely BS policies. They'll keep expanding the mandates. And my understanding, and I I believe this might be in here, what I was reading is that they said vaccines will be mandatory and they will expire every nine months. Let me see if I can uh, find that um, in here. It was in a different, here we go, here we go. She had that vaccinated people will lose their vaccination status nine months after getting their last shot, what? apparently in an effort to encourage booster uptake. What that means is 
There is no limit to the amount of shots you have to get. They are saying once every nine months, you must get a shot. Welcome to the new world order, excuse me, the new normal. Mm. And uh, what was Einstein's definition of insanity? Because it seems like we're living it every single day. This is just crazy. There's these video footages. There's these photos coming out of people being segregated in a supermarket from being vaxxed and unvaxxed. Uh. There's police officers walking around rudely interrupting people's private dinners, rudely interrupting people's haircuts, being like, give me your gosh darn paperwork right now. I've been making my own German translations of them on my own. YouTube channel, but that's a separate topic. But it's absolutely ridiculous to have a concept and idea where the state needs to have you have your paperwork everywhere you go, not just your identification, your medical records, and to have permission from the state to live your life like a normal person. Who gave them this power? I didn't. J- John, something tells me that um, you're interested in freedom. Uh, you know, you, the Foundation for Economic Education, right? Is that it? Yeah, no, we are. Uh, and if you look, like, like here's the thing. I'd oppose these even if they worked. Um, but they don't work. Anybody who's clinging to the idea that the vaccines are stopping or even reducing transmission, I don't think they're looking at the data clearly. If, if you look, anybody know the highest vaccinated state in the U.S.? Uh, Vermont. Vermont. Oh. And if you yeah. look at, if you, if you look and at Vermont's cases right now, they have more cases right now mm-hmm. than they did last year. Um, they, they have, I try to be careful with correlation, though. Well, right? well sure. But, I mean, you, you can't look at that. Anybody that looks at the numbers and, and says we have vaccination rate 85 percent, but our, our cases are through the roof. Like, like it's not There's stopping. One more the, data. There, I, I hear you. One more ahead, data point you need, though. Are they breakthrough cases? Well, how do you mean define breakthrough? Are the people who are getting COVID vaccinated? Yes, I mean, they have to that's be. The, that's yes. well, not necessarily. No. So there could be, you know, uh, the vaccination rate, uh, the, the breakthrough rate is much, much exponentially higher than we were told at the beginning. You know, I wrote an article about this back in August before anybody, before people were really talking about the, the breakthrough rate. Um, at the time, you, you, you the media was reporting something point three percent, maybe a half percent, you know, maybe at one percent. Well, we know it's much, much higher than that. Um, we have we have gobs of data that supports that as people, you know. Um, well, so, so I think there's actually a simple, we, if we step back, yeah. when Germany says you have to get vaccinated every nine months, I think what the issue is, it may be the most vaccinated state. The vaccines may reduce transmission, but they wear off. After a certain amount of time, you're still legally vaccinated, but the efficacy has dropped to the point where you may as well not be. Yeah. According to the Associated Press, Germany's vaccinated population is 68.7%, which is the majority of its population. Mm-hmm. They have seen a surge in cases, and I, I think they're going to do what Austria did. Austria, also highly vaccinated country, uh, experiencing a lot of new cases. And originally, they locked down only the unvaccinated. And then a couple of days later, they locked everyone down because they were using it as an emotional ploy. They knew what they were doing, in my opinion, from my perspective. And they were just using this larger kind of extortion effort in order to try to get people to take this procedure. Whether you want to take this procedure or not, that's your decision. We're not giving you any medical advice. We're not telling you what to do. Here's the important thing. I think uh, it was obvious from the get-go when they were like in New York, just get one shot and then everything will go back to normal. And then they were like, okay, well, now it's two. And now you've got the Daily Beast coming out being like, we screwed up. It's not a booster. Three shots is the vaccine. I think it's fairly obvious that you give them an inch, they're going to keep pushing on it. I also think when it comes to the vaccine, I think it probably does what they say it does. They're literally telling us it stops working, like the efficacy declines. So I don't think we need to look too deep 
I mean, it's just my opinion. Ultimately, yeah. it comes down to, you know, don't come to me for medical advice. And but, I, I just want to be clear. I'm not anti-vax. I encouraged several family members, take the vaccine. You're, you're in a risk group where I think it makes sense. My, I, I but you're going to need a booster. My, my, my wife took the vaccine. And I, I said, you know, I, I think it makes sense. Um, and, and I had COVID in March. It was a very, very unpleasant experience. I was yeah. probably the sickest I've been for, for that length of time. Um, so COVID's real. It's, 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 it's deadly. It, all these problems. I'm I'm just, I'm just, but I, I want to be clear. I think the idea that the vaccine, everybody admits it doesn't stop transmission. Mm. We have very good data that it doesn't reduce it. Now, like there's other data that conflicts it with that, but, but we, we published, uh, coverage of a report, the, the, the European Journal of Epidemiology, I believe it was. They, they looked at 67 countries, um, in, in thousands of, of, of counties, um, ac- across the world. And they said there's very little correlation there. And to the extent that there is, uh, vaccinated uh, areas had slightly higher cases. Now, this is transmission. The vaccines work at reducing your risk of, of being hospitalized mm-hmm. or dying. I think, I think we have tons of evidence to support that. Of COVID, if, if you take this, your chances of, of dying of co- or being hospitalized with COVID they fall, you know, dramatically. But the idea that they they stop transmission is 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 not true. And the idea that they reduce it, I think, you know, I think there's there's we have sound data that says maybe they don't reduce transmission. At all. I, it, it's tough. I, I will say, funny funny enough, one of YouTube's rules is that if you claim the vaccine is is a guaranteed way to prevent COVID, it's actually bannable. And they say if it's a, if you claim it's a guaranteed way to stop transmission, it's bannable. Yeah. I do think I do think so that the the, the vaccine we're we're dealing with mRNA vaccines, not like the was it attenuated virus? Is that what, is that what was called the the other ones? I we so. we do have mm-hmm. is Novavax the an, an attenuated one? Like they're they're doing a new I don't one. know that I don't know mm-hmm. they're, they're doing like another one that's like more of a traditional kind of vaccine because yeah. they needed like the genome or something. I think I think it's fairly straightforward. I think it's a political issue. I think the vaccine probably does what they say it does. And when they come out and say, you know what? You actually need a booster. Uh, you probably need another, a fourth shot. I'm like, okay, that's not tenable. Yeah. Policy wise, I'm like, by all means, come out and, and give me your advice, you know, and, and report what the reports are saying. And I think, yeah, okay, maybe it makes sense that in the first four to six months, it'll reduce transmission, it'll reduce severity. But what happens is you end up with people who all got vaccinated in March. It's December. And now we're like, look, the cases are through the roof. I'm like, yeah, well, they got vaccinated eight months ago and people aren't getting their booster shots. It is not feasible economically and politically to mandate nine, a booster shot every nine months. Yeah. People aren't going to do it. Bill Maher said he's not going to do it. And so the way I look at it is it's not so much the vaccines. I think it's the vaccine mandates are just completely nonsensical. Yeah. I, I would disagree with you a little bit because I don't think we know yet. The data is still not in. And I think we should say that we don't know. But there, you know, correlation does not prove causation, and that's an important distinction here. But when we look at the Omicron variant, the first case was detected in San Francisco from a fully vaccinated person. The second case was detected in Minnesota from a triple vaxxed person who just had his booster shot in November. The third case was also from a double vaxxed person uh, in Colorado. And again, co- you know, correlation does not prove causation. But when we look at the United Kingdom, Singapore, Ireland, Israel, Gibraltar, a lot of places that had some of the highest vaccine rates are dealing with some of the highest case numbers. Again, we don't know what that means. That's just the data. Well, There's a number of circumstances involved here, but that data should be at least debated and talked about. I think it's important, too. Like We are talking cases right now. Um, we, we've been focusing on cases for a long time. 
I think, you know, if we look, even whether where, where cases are rampant, um, COVID deaths are not, you know, like the vaccines are having some success there. Um, you know, but the Omicron, everything I've read so far says it might be more mild. And so, like, are we concerned that we that the cases are, you know, it, it might be very transmissible? Like, like all those are problems. Um, but... Uh, Again, when we see nations going into full-blown lockdowns and things, it's another overreaction. Um, and when you're talking about using state force to compel people to, you know, get vaccinated or you can't go to a store um, or go out in public, um, like, it, it's very dangerous. And, and we need to, you know, I, I get it. Talking about this stuff is uncomfortable. Talking about vaccines, you're always worried, you know, like even in, in mixed company, right? You, it's always, you're kind of, you know, pussyfooting around a little bit trying to you don't want to offend people but we need to be honest like like using using the state to force people in this way is is very very frightening very dangerous that's 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 the issue for me is i say you know like i'm not a scientist i'm a doctor and it's the, the issue i have with it is it's so easy to be wrong and you end up in a place where you're like i read this report that says this and then what do you do when you're actually sitting in front of someone who is a doctor, who is a scientist, and they're like, dude, you have no idea what you're talking about. I'm like, you know what? I got to be honest. You're right. But you know what I do know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about freedom? I'm a freedom expert. Policy-wise, this will not work. Centralization, command economies, all this stupid BS, mandated medical procedures, it doesn't work. Let's talk about what's going on in Australia again, because mm-hmm. I love to. They have created camps. They have just, uh, we, we did the story the other day. They arrested three teenagers who tested negative because they tried escaping from the camp. How is this making anything better? I don't think it is. It's making it worse. And I think this is what they want. They want to use a crisis to gain more control. And it's working because I'll throw it back to when you ask the question about all these areas that have high vaccination rates, but also high case rate. Population density correlates with politics and likelihood of infection. So New York, for instance, overwhelmingly blue, overwhelm a higher vaccination rate, also a whole bunch of people jam-packed together in one of the densest populations in the world. And so the likelihood they're going to spread stuff and have, you know, more contact with different strains of whatever virus, yeah, it's really, really high. So there's a correlation there. That's why I'm like, we got to be careful about playing correlation yeah. games because yeah, yeah but but even that Tim know. even that Tim is contested when you look at Vermont and Florida. Florida has a huge elderly population, huge uh, major metropolitan areas, and 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 it's a far more significant state that was more at risk than New York. But if you look at the case numbers per capita, Florida right now has the lowest case numbers, and they have no mask mandates, no uh, uh, vaccine mandates, no restrictions, no lockdowns compared to New York. And they also have completely different weather, and they are they also and different point. treatments, and they well. also have different treatments, yes. yeah. and they also probably have herd immunity. Yes. So I certainly think the policy is the issue. This, this is the this, this, the struggle I have with trying to argue math and science. I'm like, we don't need to. Florida's policy clearly works. You give people freedom. And sure enough, whoa, look at that. They provided monoclonal antibodies to people free of charge. You show up to a clinic, boom, you're all better. I got it. It worked for me. It's an emergency use authorization uh, treatment. Then you look up at a lot of these other states. Some of them don't offer this and they lock you down. And we saw this very early on when it came to the spread of this. What do you need? You need vitamin D. You need vitamin C. You need zinc. You need iron. You need all this stuff. People staying in their homes are are more likely to circulate air. This is one of the studies that came out um, a while, like last year, like mid 2020. They said that people who were in the house were more likely to transmit this 
because they were more likely to be in close contact with people and have cycled recycled air. No, I remember that study. Like, if you remember, like early in the pandemic, Andrew Cuomo, you know, had one of his press conferences and he was, you know, just just talking to the media. He said, what really surprised us is it's not frontline workers getting sick. It's not homeless people. He said it's people are getting sick in their homes. And and well, sure enough, months later, you know, we, we had some good hard data that shows people the majority of people are, are infected in their own home. I want to know how many people sat in their house by themselves in between twenty January first, twenty twenty and now. Sat in their house by themselves with a mask on. <laughs> How many I'd be, people? I'd be terrified to find out. Put a yeah. one in the things if you actually did that. Type one in the comments. No, they're going to say no. No one's going to hate on you. It's yeah. it's an anonymous. Just I No, know. but Ian, you're right. Yeah. I've seen day. people driving in their cars with masks on and they're by themselves. Ah. I'm just hey, like, I did that once. I, and I will say I'm, I'm that guy <laughs> because I had COVID. And I'm like, well, I don't want to. I'm, I'm driving to the doctor now. It's been I had it for a week. Oh, yeah. and, and I'm like, well, I don't. What if I cough on the in the car or Seriously? something? I'm like, so I, I had it. I'm that guy driving in my car with a mask on. <laughs> I was like, um, I we, I contracted COVID about a month ago, and it was pretty brutal. Like you were saying, I I went through after I got out of my system. I had this like feeling like, well, I got a mask, so okay, I'm a little bit more protected. Like I felt that, but then like ten hours later, the mask was all wet from my breath, and it was disgusting peeling it off my face. Ugh. And it, the thought of it protecting me had completely gone out the window at that point because it was yeah. dirty. You know, I just, I just realized everyone's spamming one in the chat. Yeah, they're all lying. You guys didn't wear your masks in your <laughs> houses. Don't troll on me. I'm just like. You know what? I don't believe this. Smash the like button. Yeah, if you like were wearing yeah. that mask, there like you go. That. If you wore it or not, smash <laughs> yeah. that. Let's, 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 we before talk we go, one it. last point I, I want to make, cause there's something I think you said, Tim. Um, and I, I saw it on, on Twitter recently. Gavin Newsom came out and he said, it pains me to say this, but this thing is seasonal. I don't know if you guys saw that, but, wow. but, but Newsom, he, he came out and said it. And, and I'm like, well, you know, a lot of smart people I know, like I, I wasn't quite willing to go there yet myself, but I was looking at charts and you put them in, and you can see in different states and different areas, it looks like this is moving seasonally. Um, and, and Newsom came out and said it. And, and so I think we need to accept the fact all our policies, all everything we're trying to do to contain the virus. You no. know, nature is nature. It's moving. Yeah. There's Five a, times. There's a good point. A, a good, a good point about Florida. Um, people right now are indoors for the winter in a lot of places in Florida. They're outside. Yeah. Where it's cold. Well, and if right. you go Florida's what next nice year, you go, Florida, if you look at Florida in July, August next year, you know what? Their numbers are going to be high again. Cause everyone goes back inside mm-hmm. for the air conditioning. Oh. Right, that's my prediction. Right. Very I wonder how many people let's... that are getting vaccinated are getting vaccinated for different variants. I don't think any of you guys can answer this question. And I, I would love, I don't think there's a vaccine for different variants. I think it's just one vaccine. Well, the White House official stance on this new variant is you need to get vaccinated, you need to get boosted in order to deal with the Omicron variant, which the first preliminary cases are affecting vaccinated people. Dr. Fauci just came out today and said that you're going to have to get a vaccine once a year. Uh, and their official stance and the Biden administration's first move against Omicron is to get children vaccinated uh, as young as five. We, we got we to jump to the story about the Republican Party. We got this from Breitbart Boy. exclusive tool to enforce Orwellian rules, 80 House Republicans help pass bill to fund federal vaccination database. According to the bill, also called H.R. 550, the government would provide $400 million in taxpayer dollars to fund immunization system data modernization and expansion, a system otherwise defined as a confidential population-based computerized database that records immunization doses administered by any healthcare provided to persons within the geographic area covered by that database. I want to point out it's called the immunization infrastructure. The COVID vaccine does not 
immunize you. Hmm. Okay, this is very, very important distinction. You will not be immune. Okay, the YouTube rules are very clear on this one. Okay, the COVID vaccine reduces the likelihood you'll get it, reduces the severity. And uh, and if you do get it, you know, hospitalization, all that is reduced as well. There have been some graphs about it, but it's important because they're calling it the Immunization Infrastructure Modernization Act. And I think it's important. The New York Daily News reported on LeBron James getting COVID and it said not even the king is immune to COVID. And I'm like, and he's fully vaxxed. Mm. Yep. I think this is the narrative here that the vaccine is not immunization. It is vaccination. And now I guess the definition has changed to mean it reduces your likelihood of catching and having a severe case. So uh, just one final thought is to, to move into this. We had 80 Republicans sign on board with this. I don't believe that a red wave is going to save Americans' freedom. Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, we've been talking about this for a while. Be prepared to be disappointed by the people who are going to be the fall guys. It's it's just like wrestling. They're going to come in. They're going to be, you know, they're pretending to be the bad guys now. They're going to be the popular guys. But it's all a show. It's all scripted in so many different ways. Dan Crenshaw, I heard, also voted for this. And to see 80 House Republicans vote for a federal vaccine registry, what do you think registration will lead to? I mean, it's common sense. It's what's happening in Germany. It's what's happening in Australia. It's what's happening in Israel. It's what's happening in the United Kingdom. They need a database of everyone complying because now they know who's playing ball and who's not. It's no longer going to be the paper that's your vaccine proof. It's going to be a federal digital track trace and database system, which, again, will be integrated into the social credit score, which we've been warning about from the very beginning of this. But it said it was confidential. They're saying... Yeah, do you think a government federal <laughs> registry is going to be confidential? No, 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 no. How could anything go wrong if yeah, <laughs> consolidating data like that? Confidential means they get to read through your private and so do their stuff. friends. Yeah, this is at the same time as the federal government. Uh, Biden's um, COVID czar literally was on the national media today saying that everything's on the table to implement a domestic vaccine passport when it comes to interstate travel. So this is literally what there's politicians, there's ruling elites in the United States that are seething, that are waiting to implement what Australia and what Germany have already implemented. They are waiting to implement this. And it's terrifying. The CDC just gave themselves new surveillance powers in order to track this new variant. Who who allowed them to to have surveillance powers? They did themselves. They're acting more and more like just a totally runaway, undemocratic, unfree government that thinks they could impose their will onto anyone when they want and that's absolutely crazy and dangerous so the founding fathers right they're probably like sitting around in ben franklin's living room they smoked a lot so they're probably stoned or probably on opium or something and then jefferson's like dude what if like we make a government and it goes nuts and then ben was like whoa and then tom's like yo we should give everyone the right to keep and bear arms. Like, and then no. Ben was like, Ben was like, dude, 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 we don't give it, man. God gives it. He's like, yo, oh, yeah. you're right. God gives yeah. all this. That might be yeah. the, the, the best description I've ever heard of the Constitution. <laughs> they were probably drinking, you know, it was probably at a pub and they were drinking and they were like, have you ever looked back and see what they, they drove, what they drank at some of these Continental Congress yeah. meetings? Yeah. What was it? Insane amounts of alcohol. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I wrote something on it once years ago. I'm like, cause you, you will not believe how much alcohol they consumed. I didn't yeah. believe it. Well, they to needed to because a lot of the water wasn't yeah, safe yeah. for them to drink, so a lot of them drank beer. But so, think, so, do they still have that big of water issues in, in, in 1770? It was easier for them to make beer than to sometimes sure. even filter water. Yeah. So, so you have all these dudes, they, they meet up together and they're all sitting there and, you know, Thomas Jefferson and John Hancock 
and they're just like, I, 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 we, we can't go to war. I mean, I mean, I understand. We're going to keep petitioning the king. It's like, all right, a round of drinks on me, but let's keep talking. And then by, you know, two hours go by, I would <laughs> declare independence. Standing on tables. Everybody gets guns. Yes. And they're like, yeah. And they're fighting. I can honestly say this doesn't scare me as much because um, they, they got their fingers in everything. And, and, and partly I count on the incompetence of government. Like they're going to collect a bunch of data. It's going to sit there. Um, I, I don't think the, the good thing is our system is built to withstand this. Unlike Germany and Austria and Australia, everyone else. We, I, I, I get I'm not saying it's not a threat. It is a threat. It's not going to happen here, and I'm I'm not saying that to make people lax or we got to take it seriously. But but I I really believe our our system is going to withstand this. There's not the political will in any. Let's face it: the Biden administration is floundering. Do they really want to pick this battle now? Say that you can't you can't travel at all? Like they're terrified that the economy. No, they're they're not though. If you look, doing some some stuff internationally that they're doing, I oppose all of it. Don't get me wrong. I, I think they're terrified. I, I don't think they're stupid enough to do to, to, to go down this road. If, if, if at the beginning of COVID, right, if someone sat you down and said everything's going to happen the way it did, would you believe them before COVID? Would, with how far the government has already intervened in our lives, with how much they have already taken from us, with how much they already locked us down, which how much they destroyed this boosters this were a if, conspiracy theory. Yeah. Yeah. No, if, if someone if someone sat you down before COVID and began and said the government's going to be disinvolved in your life, would you believe them before COVID? I, I think I would believe what happened in the United States. I'd be less inclined to believe what we're seeing in Australia hmm. um, and, and some of those things. Um, and yeah, I mean, that, that's my answer. I, I, I would be shocked. There, there is the potential for danger here. We should oppose it. We should get angry about it. Um, but I, I, I think I think our system is going to prevail in this case. I think we're going to put the kibosh on this. It's not going to go very far. TSA extends mask mandate for domestic flights over Omicron coronavirus variant through mid-March. So that's public transportation, domestic flights, ships, taxis, trains. And we've already heard from Fauci that they're adding new requirements. You need a negative test before boarding an international flight. And after you get here, you got to quarantine. So they are slowly pushing this forward. But look, any smart desperate knows you can't come out and say, Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to lock you in your homes and weld your doors shut. That wouldn't work. People would be like, screw off. But after two years, I think it's fair to say we are in the rat hope experiment. Are you familiar with it? I don't think I am. Dude puts rats in these tubes full of water and they struggle. After 15 minutes, they give up and they drown and die. He puts another group of rats in there. They struggle right as they're giving up. He takes them out, dries them off, lets them chill, picks them up, puts them back in. The second time they go in, they swim for 60 hours, believing If I just keep swimming, eventually the hand will save me again. So we go under this lockdown for about a year and a few months, and then they let it all open. Everyone's like, oh, thank heavens, we're getting back to normal, and the economy should be coming back. It's not. And then all of a sudden they say, oh, no, a new variant. Now we've got to start implementing these lockdowns. And they're not going to do it instantly because people would lose it. But I say give it a few months, especially with the midterms coming up. They're going to exploit this crisis, and then they're going to lock us down harder than we've seen. I could be wrong about it. I don't know. I'll, I'll say just, you know, I'll, I'll go back to my home state. I live in Minnesota, Twin Cities. We're not, we're not, you know, I won't say we're a blue state, but we're certainly a purple state. You know, Governor Tim Walls was recently, the, you know, getting questions like, why aren't you going under an emergency lockdown? And, and he gave an answer that was incredibly honest. Like, he didn't, you know, he... he 
really implied that that politics had something to do with it. Now he also said there's no evidence that says this will be you know effective another emergency order. Um, I I think you know above all else you know politics is is staying elected, and I think people know that Americans are are kind of fed up with these policies. Um, and yeah, like they, the the feds have some power as far as like what they can monitor, is, it, 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 you know, vaccines and international travel and things. Um, I just partly I'm trying to be optimistic here. I don't want to be too doom, <laughs> doom and gloom. You know, no, like no. We're, we're not Australia yet, and I I, I don't think we're going to be because um, Americans have, have wised up a lot. We have guns; it ma- makes a big difference. In the last eighteen months, I think Americans have kind of awoken. I hate to say that word. You, 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 are, you are right. You are right. I actually uh, I recorded a segment on this earlier that uh, uh, Democrat pollsters are basically sending you know red flags up saying we're going to lose in 2022 and the reason is the economy is the most important issue number one and democrats aren't talking about it mm. the the lockdowns seriously impacted the economy but in virginia one pollster said it wasn't critical race theory certainly that had some of an some some uh, some of an impact but it was the covid restrictions on schools Parents were already struggling due to the the lockdowns. Now their kids are back at home and they're trying to figure out nannies or who's going to watch the kids. And they got really angry about it. So because of their their push towards this, this is why I think there's a good possibility they might not because they know if they do this, the American people have, have already said no way. I think they're still going to maintain this path because of social media pressures. And so long as Republicans don't do anything stupid like voting on, you know, a bill to create a vaccine database, which they did. And they shouldn't be supporting that. It's ridiculous. Right. And, yeah. and anybody that did, like, you know, if I was one of their constituents, I'd be writing them a letter. But that's they what they're doing. They don't care about the letters. They care about the big multinational corporations that really call the shots here. And they will appease them. They will bow down. They will get on their knees. I have no hope for the Republicans when they take over. I have no hope in Dan Crenshaw, Mitt Romney, Liz Cheney, and the party of rollover. Let, let our soft bellies be shown to the globalists as of course we sell out our constituents as the hope that we're going to be something better when we're just going to be the same thing but with a different color behind it. I'm, I'm so sick of it. We should be appalled that the U.S. government shut down small businesses while allowing Walmart, Costco and all these other big box stores, Amazon to do whatever they wanted to. They destroyed and have created the largest transfer of wealth in recorded human history robbing poor people blind, enriching the billionaire class and if we think they're not capable of doing what Australia is doing to its people. I think we're not paying attention. I think we're at a uh, at a moment where there are they are itching for a new tragedy to exploit, and they will use anything, manufacture anything, or even do anything to create this tragedy at this particular moment in order to get their way. I can I, like I echo most of that. Now, but here's what I will say: like I don't trust you know a Republican any more than a, than a Democrat for the most part. At the same time, I as a libertarian, like we gridlock is good. We want gridlock. Mm-hmm. Gridlock, if you look at, at you know, historically at, at spending and, and other metrics we can use, you know, when, when there's gridlock in Congress, well, a lot less bad stuff happens. But it's not gridlock. The Republicans were on board with every agenda pushed against the American people, especially when COVID came. They were like, yes, Dr. Fauci's great. Whatever Dr. Fauci wants, Dr. Fauci gets. Uh, 14 days to solve the spread. Great idea. And Republicans didn't even bat an eye. Didn't give a damn about their constituents, their people. They said, back the blue. Support police officers as they bust down your door and shut down your business. That's ridiculous. And for people to still believe that they're going to change anything, I think it's naive and 
my personal opinion, but I may be I may be too black pilled. No, I, I, I hey, there, there, there's reason for cynicism, and and I don't. You're, you're not wrong that the, the GOP. What, what did they do for us in 2020? Um, not not a heck of a lot. Um, so so I, I hear where you're coming from, but I have no you know misconceptions. Um, next year, if if Republicans take the House, if they take the Senate, is everything going to change? Well, 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 no, but. Gridlock is good. If there is yeah, a primary red wave and everybody who watches this goes and tells 10 of their friends and family to vote in the primaries, then you will get something special come November because all of a sudden you're going to have a whole bunch of, you know, populists being like, all that establishment crap is out. Let's get dark with it. I don't know. Let's, let, let's, let's go pessimistic. Oh we have boy. this story from harvard.edu. Harvard youth poll finds young Americans are worried about democracy and even fearful of civil war. Oh, you know, I love to say it. Mm-hmm. They say more than half of young Americans feel democracy in the country is under threat. And over a third think they may see a second U.S. civil war within their lifetimes, according to the 42nd Harvard youth poll released by Harvard Kennedy School's Institute of Politics. The poll also found approval for President Biden has plummeted. And a majority of respondents are unhappy with how the president and Congress are doing their jobs. I think it's funny that you're asking young people. It's like, how do you feel about Congress? And they're like, well, I've realized they're bad. It's like, it's because you're getting older and you're watching them. But older people have been watching them for a long time, knowing they're bad. I love that Joe Biden's approval rating is tanking. But I knew who Joe Biden was back during Occupy Wall Street 10 years ago. All these young people are like, kind of feel like I was lied to about Joe Biden. But we've got this other one that wraps along with it. Hedge fund founder Ray Dalio predicts there is a 30% chance of U.S. civil war in the next 10 years because of emotional political polarization, believes the Constitution may save the nation. Now, I think the issue is there's two realities. And I think, you know, most people we talk to agree. Certainly some people say, no, it's not true. But I think if you talk to... um you, you talk to some of these these Democrats, they'll tell you Russiagate still happened. Hmm. Like, even though we know and we've known for years Trump did not collude with Russia, they still believe it. Things like that. If you have people who uh, – we had an article from Slate – the uh, no, Salon. I'm sorry, Salon the other day yeah. that said the second civil war may come. Like, which side are you on? Choose your side now. And they said – they, uh, our multiracial democracy is anathema to the Republican Party or like the Republican view. And I'm like, that's insane. Republicans are not that. That is not what they are. But if you have people who live in that world, then yeah, I, I, I agree we're heading in that direction. And it's not just my opinion. It's the opinion of a guy who, a hedge, hedge fund founder whose job is literally to make predictions about where these markets are going to go. And he thinks there's a good chance it could happen. No, I, we, we should right away say, okay, what do we mean by civil war? Yeah. Oh, I think we're in one already. Mm. And what I mean by that is it's a fourth and fifth generational war, which is propaganda, information warfare, economic warfare. So we have had ground skirmishes. We've had we've had Antifa fighting with Proud Boys. We had right wing groups clashing with left wing groups. We've had um, insurgency. There was a guy who showed up to an ice facility with a ghost gun and right. some firebombs. There was a dude who went and executed a Trump supporter in the middle of the street in Portland. A lot of things like that. There's a congressional baseball game that was shot up as well. That's right. That's yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was, that was a Bernie volunteer who did that. And um, Steve Scalise almost yeah. lost his life. I could see like a, a corporate. Uh, war, like the corporations versus everybody else, and that happening in the United States is like a battleground for it, unfortunately. That's already happening. But like a <laughs> yeah. hot war. that The corporations have like private military, and but where would they locate their bases? They have their corporate headquarters they could use. They probably own a lot of land that they would use. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't. But other than that, I don't see the American uh, people going out. Corporations are not ideological for the most part. They're being infiltrated by ideological individuals. I mean, Klaus Schwab is the ideologue. 
But he's he's something far beyond just a corporation. He's Davos Group. He wants corporations to run the world. I think we're living in a world where ideas are more powerful than bullets. And I think those ideas and that kind of form of manipulation is something that has been used already in a war that we don't even know exists right now that has hurt tremendously the populations of this world. And I think I think this guy is, is right. I think his assessment is fair. But I think it's going to hedge more on the prominence of social media. So if social media is as prominent and becomes more prominent in our lives, I do believe the likelihood of civil war is going to go up. If social media becomes less prominent, it's not going to be uh, as prominent. That's what I personally believe. Because when we look at big tech algorithms, when we look at the prominence of social media, you see hyper-politization of people on the political spectrum going into their echo chambers more and more and more. And the algorithm regurgitates it and I think deliberately pushes it, this is my own theory, towards a divide and conquer agenda that has people fighting each other rather than looking at the true source of their problems that's really creating it. That's my personal perspective and opinion. But if we get rid of social media... Then now, I'm not saying get rid of it. I'm saying the prominence. So if social media becomes more prominent. So, so look, our show is prominence of social media. That people choose to go to YouTube or Twitter or Facebook or wherever else to get content, they find channels like ours. We're not on TV. So certainly this is what big tech, big the big machine, the establishment wants. They want to homogenize everything. They have slowly been removing people from YouTube. And if you search on YouTube for news, what are you going to get? If you if you typed in like, you know, something like Germany, uh, unvaxxed lockdown, you ain't going to get us. You're not going to get my channels, Timcast, Timcast News, Timcast Diary, ain't going to happen. You're going to get CNN, ABC, NBC, MSNBC, etc. even though we know they lie. They but we still up. have Joe Rogan as the number one show on Spotify, like which we just saw. There's an appetite. People can go find the shows that they want, and that's good for now. Well, so, but, 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 it, but, as far but, as the Civil War, though, just to chime in, like we hear Civil War, we think of 1861, right? We we have as Americans, it, it was the most pivotal moment in our history, maybe more so than even independence. It, it's um, it, it's ingrained in our fiber in our history. Um, we're not going to see that. I, I don't think that's, you know, so we might have a civil war. It's not going to look like that. Um, I like to think, I might have mentioned this to Lydia earlier. I like to think of it maybe as, as a Brexit, right? Mm, yeah. um, that we just, you know, like we might say, this isn't working out. And, you know, like trying to maybe rule, like from Washington, D.C., a bunch of corrupt politicians where our our words are the law. And we're going to rule the whole nation, which is very diverse, by the way. We have different cultures, different people, different traditions. They... Trying to, to, to govern everybody under one umbrella, to me, doesn't make a lot of sense anymore. I think the framers would say, yeah, you know, th- this isn't working. Um, I think they'd look and say, you know, what, what is the purpose of government? It's to protect life, liberty, and property. That government's really not doing that anymore. I think some of them might say that. Yeah, it got I mean, out, of, out of hand. Uh, the representatives, they used to represent, I don't know, a few thousand people. 30,000. 30, yeah. And now, I don't know, 700,000? 750,000 people. One guy is supposed to represent. Can't, you can barely represent yourself effectively. That's, right. uh, that's your number one job. So I think democratic republicanism is is dying and and we need a new form where you can't have republics. Uh, you can't have these people that get voted in and then get bribed. That's what it, over and over There's, and over. And whether it's a new face or an old face, they're getting money from Exxon and all these crazy corporations. Alphabet, Pfizer, Pfizer, yeah. and it's like a it's like a it's like a a point of weakness of a vulnerability in the system. These these bribes that keep happening. It wouldn't matter though, right? If the politicians didn't have the power they have. Um, like all those bribes, they happen because there's so much at stake because they have so much power. If we remove the power from the politicians, th- that's much less of a problem. And, and we have a mechanism to do that. We have, you know, 
if, if you look in, in, in recent history, it's not just Brexit. Other places have said, you know what, this isn't working. Um, and for, I think for Americans, that's a really hard idea. I don't think we're close to that idea, but you know, at FE, our motto, anything peaceful, right? Mm-hmm. And, and if we just, you know, like as Americans say, you know, we had a good run, the marriage, it's, not really working out. You go your way, we're going to go our way. And if, and if, if people in, in, it's not, I, I'm not saying that's practical. I think it's, it's very painful. No, I think it would be hard, but, but I, I think that approach, I think, makes sense. I, so we, we've had the conversation about peaceful divorce or national divorce quite a bit, but I think a lot of people who, pro, who are pro, uh, proponents of this don't understand that like California, for instance, they're, they're, Southern California is completely dependent upon the Colorado River. So if we all start going our separate ways and California's blue and they break off, Colorado is going to be like, you know, we're going to, you know, you want our water. Let's, let's negotiate. We're no longer part of the same system and it's going to change things. They could cut them off. They could start polluting, you know, upstream. California might get mad. You've got states that think they have a right to the Great Lakes. Let's talk about, you know, uh, Pennsylvania, the fracking fields, the amount of energy they produce in, in, in Western Pennsylvania. Well, the surrounding states need that energy. All of a sudden they break off and the trade. How is it going to function? What are the rules? What are the laws? Like we're seeing with Brexit. I'm not saying it's, it's an, it's, it's the bad outweighs the good. I'm just saying what I think might end up happening is you've got Eastern Oregon wanting to break away from Western Oregon. Western Oregon won't allow that. They're wealthy. They're powerful. That's the center of power. And the people in the East, they pay them. They're effectively the serfs in the, in the fields. They're not going to let them go. So the question, I guess, is if we do see national divorce, do you think that the, the overwhelmingly dense deep red areas within a blue state will just be like, guess we're going with the far left on this one. Or are they going to be like, no way. If, if the, if the Republican red state, conservative, independent, libertarian, whatever group is breaking away, we want to join them. Well, you're surrounded by blue states. You may be Southern Illinois, completely red, but too many, too much blue all around you. What do you do? Well, fighting starts. It would be messy. Like if you, I brought up the American Civil War earlier. That was kind of clean, even though there's a lot of bloodshed, in the fact that you had a one boundary, right? You yeah. had the Mason-Dixon line. And I know that there were some states that weren't necessarily of the south north of that, but that's not the point. Today we have different divides. Um, and it's – you know, some of it's urban rural, right? Like, mm-hmm. so, so the, the, this wouldn't be easy. It would be messy. Um, and you bring up a lot of, it, as far as trade, water rights, mineral rights, um, all of that, you know, but it's preferable, I think, to either a real war, a real civil war, or living under a, a government that's increasingly tyrannical. And, I, and, and that's what I see. But it precipitates war. So you have, you know, upstate New York, a lot of which is more conservative, more libertarian, you know, not interested in what the New York City is doing. And let's say they, uh, they, you know, people, the overwhelming majority of people in upstate New York are like, nah, you're New Jersey. I don't know what you're doing. So you're out because it's, it's urban versus rural. Do you think like New York is just going to be like, I guess we'll die? No, they're going to be like, you can't do this. Open the roads up. You can't ID us. We're New York. And then it's, it's not instant. If there was some kind of, you know, convention of states and then everyone said, okay, that's it. We're breaking up and then we'll, we'll renegotiate how this goes. Eastern Oregon is going to be like, no. And what are they going to do? Are they going to come in? If, if, look, if Eastern Oregon is faced with the possibility of the country breaking apart, they'll immediately be like, we're with them. And Oregon and Washington and these states are going to be like, nah, but then they're backed up by Idaho. What happens when the food isn't coming? What, what, what happens when California, which produces a large amount of food for this country, all of a sudden is under completely different rules? That, and then what happens if the overwhelmingly leftists go, uh, in the government 
Start seizing land and pulling off stupid BS. Worst case scenario, we get invaded by an external force, and they, China? the history book writes it as yeah. that was the moment the U.S. was destroyed. I think and that it fear, would be disappeared. Uh, you're not the first person that brought that up. I think that's an overblown fear. I think nothing would unite Americans more than an international force trying to, you know, get in our backyard. Um, you know, as far as like an example like Oregon, the, the good thing is there are even, I, I'm not usually somebody that quotes international precedent, but we do have every, you know, right to the UN, people have a right to declare independence. And if, if people over there decide, you know what, this isn't working out, we, th- there are steps to take to do that. I, like I said, I don't think we're there right now. I think Americans have to go, they must, they're going to have to be pushed much further. But when I look at the long-term picture of things, and I've never talked about this publicly, it was just, you know, stuff you chew on in the shower or something like, like, this isn't really working out. Like, like what, what's in, what's yeah. the off-ramp? Where is it? Well, it, this is something that I was talking about last year when I first came on the show. One of the first things I brought up was peaceful divorce. We need a peaceful divorce and we need more memes, uh, in the larger <laughs> spectrum. If you remember here, here. the first episode, yeah. that's what I was kind of going on about. But we have to remember there's two factors here. One, the state is becoming more and more sociopathic. They don't only just want their pound of flesh where they they literally create ideas like civil asset forfeiture, which is insane, but they want to tax you. They want to regulate you. They want to control every aspect of your existence towards a crazy maniacal level. And throughout human history, communists have never peacefully allowed separation. They have wanted to control everything and every aspect of your existence, and it's sick and it's twisted, and it totally destroys any form of progress. But there are instances, just like with the Amish, where people do come together and say, this is crazy. I don't want to be a part of this. And they are respected as their own individual entity, which I believe individuals and groups like the Free State Project are trying to make their own kind of Amish group in New Hampshire. And I think what they're doing is is amazing. I think they have a lot of success stories. And I think it is possible on that small micro level. But I think what's really going to be likely is that economically, financially, socially, there's going to be a huge storm coming. And when that storm comes, people are going to come together and they're going to live together. And that's going to be their own individual groups and they're going to be identified as their own power structures. I think that is way more likely. And there might be clashes between power structures and that might be deemed a civil war, but I think that is more of a likely situation than one of the old kind of knowledge, the North versus the South, which is impractical. And if we look at historically other uh, civil wars, it's not just territorial regions, it's people fighting over ideas. And I think that's that's going to happen on, on many levels this, when everything hits the fan. And this is the real uh, uh, I think the potential catalyst we have is I don't know which side has a stronger moral stance. You have the left and wokeism, which is a, a non-theistic religion I, or a cult, whatever you want to call it. And these people are willing to burn down and murder. They've burned down buildings, 25 people dead in the George Floyd riots. And when Aaron Danielson is shot in the chest in Portland, they cheered for it on more than one occasion. So these people celebrate the death of their perceived enemies. Now, the right doesn't do that. They're not, and there's still a strong moral position, and that's abortion. So I wonder, you know, what we saw in 1861 was a strong moral position that was a strong catalyst for the war, slavery. Abolitionists were like, we will storm in full speed to end this. With wokeism, they're, com- they're going around saying white supremacy. They're, they're, they're doing rallies right now where they claim that white supremacy is defending itself with Kyle Rittenhouse and all that stuff. But you also have right now the Supreme Court issuing, or I'm sorry, hearing their oral, hearing the oral arguments on the Mississippi 15 week abortion ban and a belief among many in the media and many leftists that come June 2022, abortion will be banned. That will ignite insanity among the left. 
and the right will absolutely stand by to defend it. With these trigger laws happening, with blue states then reinforcing, you're going to have a hard ideological divide between woke and unwoke. And that could be a potential catalyst, or at the very least, if we're talking about, you know, Tinder being thrown into the fire and the flames slowly getting bigger, June 2020, if the Supreme Court does overturn Roe v. Wade, it'll be like someone just threw a whole drum of gasoline Mm. right on top of it. It doesn't mean it'll spark a war. It just means it's going to get hot. Yeah, no, there there will be a lot of fury and anger and gnashing of teeth. But I will say my prediction is um, I do think it will happen. I don't think it'll be. Now, this is a bold prediction. Oh, boy. I don't think it'll be as big of a deal as you think. Civil War or Um, Roe v. v. Wade. Yeah, if they overturn Roe v. Wade, um, it'll be. We'll talk about it a lot. There'll be, like I said, gnashing of teeth. But we've we've been here for so long. um, I I, I think it's going to be. It's going to make social media crazy. I don't think it's going to be like what we saw in 2020. Uh, and that's my hope. So you, you think we're on the back end. We're heading down. Now things are going to slow down. And even, yeah, I, I, if you look across demographics, um, I think, I think abortion is kind of a losing battle for, um, for Democrats. I, I think progressives hold to it religiously. Um, but you know, like they're going to, they're going to get really loud and angry about it, but they're not the people that are going to get most loud and angry. Aren't the people that are going to go march in, in streets over it. Well, they'll march. Don't get me wrong. They'll march. Um, but they're not the people that are going to light up cars and, and, and do that this stuff. Whoopi Goldberg. If, did you yeah, see her go to town I did, today? Which there was a great response. Olivia Rondu had a great oh, yeah. response to that. And she said, well, well, Whoopi just, you know, pretty much said that men can't have children. Like that's can? A, Whoopi's can. base. That, that, that men can't, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, yeah. like, like Whoopi Goldberg oh, came she's out and get said canceled. it. Canceled. Yeah. Yeah. We have this canceled. here from Fox News. <laughs> The view host will be Goldberg erupts on abortion debate. How dare men talk about what a fetus wants? Uh, Ex-conservative Anna Navarro on conservative majority on Supreme Court. Be careful what you wish for. So Whoopi Goldberg, she was making like a, a like an, an anti-trans argument. Is that what she was? Well, doing? she was Not like hands off my body, doc. Yeah, it, but she's, she's oh. implying that men can't have children by saying this, right? And that's kind of verboten, uh, in, at least in some context. Well, I, she's a, she's an old school liberal. She doesn't understand the new cult and what they believe and everything like that. So. So she's all I, for her body, but she's also pro-vaccine, a mandatory vaccine. If I don't want to judge this too much because I didn't watch the entire thing, I watched like a thirty to forty seconds of it, yeah. and she was fired up. Mm-hmm. This this really this really bugs me too. Even on even on the surface, she said, "Do any of you men have any eggs or the possibility of carrying a fetus? Of How dare you talk about what a fetus wants? You have no idea. I'm fine if you disagree with abortion. I have no problem with that. My problem comes when you tell me what I need to do with my doctor and my family. How dare you? How dare you?" You know, uh, uh, I'm, I'm pro-choice and it's a really, it's a, you, you have to really break it down to like its philosophical root to understand what I mean by that. Cause I certainly don't agree with the left. They're pro-abortion. It's very, very different. Things have changed. So I can understand some of the righteous indignation, but men certainly have a right to an argument in the debate. That's absurd. It takes a man and a woman to make a child. And it's also nightmarish when you see stories. There was one video I watched where a guy is like, following this woman into a, oh an abortion clinic screaming please don't kill my son please yeah. stop please I didn't and he's, see that. he drops to his knees and he's crying out in front of it and she's just like get away from me and that's that's like yeah man th- this is not an easy uh, um moral situation these but, are these are deeply philosophical questions and they're they're questions that government can't solve y- yeah. y- you know yeah. I, I i am pro life i'm deeply pro life um, but I understand the limitations of government fixing this problem. The truth is, if you have somebody that wants to terminate their baby, um, I don't think, I don't think they should have the right to do that because they're, they're, they're taking life. That's not peaceful. Um, hmm. at the same time, 
I, I recognize that, um, you know, compelling someone to carry a child they don't want is going to end up poorly. Uh, that, that, that situation is going to be bad. It's really tough because I think there, there's there's so many uh, people's perspective on it are very, very different. You know, when I was talking with Seamus uh, uh, Freedom Tunes, oh, yeah. his view was very much that the word abortion means the needless termination of a pregnancy. And my view on it is any circumstance in which a doctor terminates the life of, of, of the baby. And so to me, that could mean serious mental health issue. Uh, I'm sorry, not, uh, not mental, serious health issues for the mother and the child and a decision that has to come from a medical doctor and the woman. And to Seamus, the argument was literally like people using abortion as contraception or just deciding they want, don't want to take risks. And so I, I don't want to uh, um, I'm not trying to um, diminish his total argument because, you know, I was about to go head to head with it. He's not here. <laughs> right, right, right. That's what I'm saying. Like, James to get I, I don't want to put words in his mouth because he's not here to defend himself. I, we, we, we had a big discussion on it. We disagree. Well, like a miscarriage a is a type of abortion. So I, it, it's, I it's they call it involuntary. Yeah, they call them involuntary abortions because oh, okay. a fetus is aborted. It's involuntarily on it. You know, not against the word involuntary is the big part there. Yeah. Right, 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 mm-hmm. right. So, um, you know, we, we talked about this quite a bit yesterday when we were, we were discussing Roe v. Wade and um, how the Supreme Court, it seems like they're leaning towards overturning it or effectively overturning it with the ruling on the Mississippi uh, uh, abortion ban. But we, he, here's what we should talk about. Like when you overturning Roe versus Wade doesn't end abortion. Right. It just means that the federal that that's, some states are going to have it and some are not. Yep. And that, that that solution won't please everyone either. Um, but it is much more of a, uh, it'll be, it'll be more what was intended from our, our government. Like, like if you look, there, there's no, abortion is not a constitutional issue. If we, if we Agreed. say that we live under the U.S. Constitution, there's nothing in there that suggests that, that the federal government should be making these decisions. Yeah, I think Clarence Thomas, uh, was asking like, where in the Constitution does it say this is a right? Or something to that effect. And, the woman argument was, I think her name was Wrinkleman, uh, and she's the Solicitor General, and she said, and the 14th Amendment. And he's like, I can read the Second Amendment and see what it says. Like, what are you referring to? Right. And he made a really good point. It is, to me, an insane argument that it's a constitutional right to get an abortion. That, that, she said it, it's, 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 it's seated in life, li- life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness or something that effect, mm-hmm. it's a liberty argument. And I'm like, you know, my view is, there's a very serious challenge in what the government should be allowed to do when it comes to, you know, people's medical decisions in their bodies. And the issue with abortion that I think the left willfully ignores is that the ch- the baby is a life, the mother is a life. They're both valid. It's it's annoying to me when I see there's like a meme going around from these leftists and they're like, it's actually someone I know posted this saying, the argument about whether or not a fetus is a life is the wrong argument. The real argument is whether a woman is a life. And I'm like... That, what do you even, you're not even what? saying anything. Look, I get it. Women are alive and the babies are alive. We're trying to figure out how to do this right. You're not helping by making these nonsensical statements. That's a bad argument. Even I think most people that are pro-abortion would admit that's a bad argument. Now they're posting these memes. I'm just like, look, man, it's really scary to me the idea that the government is given precedent for being involved in medical decisions. Hmm. And, and I'm like, that's the challenge of abortion is that the, the, the to, to a certain for a certain amount of time, the fetus is dependent upon the mother, and now you've got government intervention in a medical. I don't like it. I don't like vaccine passports. I don't like vaccine mandates. I don't like any kind of mandate. You know what I mean? For for medical choices, that shouldn't be something the government's involved in. And so that's a very rudimentary thing uh, I see. And then I see what ends what, what you get when the left actually wins. There, here's here's what happens: the left comes in and says, "See, shouldn't we have pro-choice?" And then someone like me goes, 
Yeah. And they go, great. Hey, everybody, you can use abortion as contraception mm. now. And I'm like, no, what? Yeah. No. And then that's what they end up doing. And so then it's just there's no middle. Like to me, it's still so philosophical. And there's no, you know, like it's just clearly wrong to me. But again, it gets messy trying to have laws to fix these things. Right. One of my first stories ever as a newspaper reporter years ago as a cub reporter, the Panama City News Herald in Florida. And a, a young woman, probably less than 25 years old, um, was she, she murdered her baby and that, mm-hmm. that was just, just born. I think it was, I, I, it's been a lot, many years, but she just left it. Um, I think she might have drowned it in the bathroom or something. Mm-hmm. And I, and I covered that, did a couple of stories on it. Um, she, I, as far as I remember, I think she went to prison for life for like a yeah. really long time. Um, but if, if she would have done it a week earlier, I remember thinking if she yeah. had done it a week earlier, it's perfectly legal. That's right. Um, and, and, and so like you can't, you know, trying to have government have solutions to this, um, you know, like it, it, it gets messy, but, um, as an individual, I, I just say like, no, it's, it's life. And, and the one thing the government is supposed to do is protect life. Mm-hmm. So, well, I, here's where I think, look, we, we, uh, I want to, I'll go back to what we were talking about with civil war stuff. And you were saying that, you know, you don't think it'll be that bad. I actually, I think that, I don't, I don't know what the right way to describe this. I completely disagree. We have seen nonstop escalation and no sign of it slowing down. If I were to ask you in 2014, do, do you think that in 2020, a thousand right-wing individuals would storm into the Capitol, interrupting the Electoral College proceedings, resulting in 10 months of solitary confinement and the expansion of the Capitol Police nationwide? You'd be like, shut up. If I said in, in, you know, in, in a few years, there's going to be roving bands of far left extremists burning down buildings and killing people and a guy's going to get shot in the chest and murdered, you would tell me to shut up. And I know this because this is literally what happened when I said it was going to happen. Back in 2017, 2018, when I was covering the, the, the street violence, I was talking to people, pundits, politicos, libertarians, DC types, and I was saying like, guys, I see this getting worse. It's only getting worse. And they were like, oh, shut up. The state would never allow this to escalate beyond the Proud Boys and Antifa. No one's going to die. They're LARPers. And then sure enough, dude walks up to, to Aaron Dalson and just puts two in his chest for no reason. And we, 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 we have seen consistently escalating violence to the point where even after January 6th, I, I don't think it was an insurrection. I think it was a riot. I think it was bad. Some of these people, the doors were open. They were let in still really bad. I still have people walk up and be like, you think it's going to be a civil war? And now what happens? I say January 6th and they go, oh, yeah. So you think about January 6th, not as, as insane as the Democrats think it is. But hey, from their perspective, it's troubling, they, Deeply troubling. If, if these people want to come out and simultaneously criticize me for saying I think a civil war is has strong potential, but then also claim uh, they want to criticize me for saying that, but then also claim January 6th was an insurrection. I'm like, what was wrong about what I said then? If you agree with if you believe that. Now, what happens come June 2022 if we get another major culture war catalyst? There's no sign of this slowing down for any reason. Right now, it's winter. Winter things, you know, are chill. Mm-hmm. This happened last year. Mm-hmm. People were like, ah, it's cold out. We're not going to see riots. And then January 6th happened. Mm. So what happens come springtime, especially June 2022, they overturned Roe v. Wade. Man, you are going to see riots. And it's going to escalate. And now with Kyle Rittenhouse and the self-defense precedents and a lot of things we've seen, the left is arguing that they need to bring their guns out. They need to bring their guns out because the right's going to bring their guns out. We've already had, we had two shootouts in Portland, I think only a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. It's the craziest thing to me that people are like, nah, I think things are chilling out. I'm like, dude, it's been a month of winter. And that's why you're saying that a couple months ago, we had someone on the show and I was like, we had two shootouts in Portland. 
literally left and right wing groups shooting at each other in the street. We had a guy driving his truck and Antifa blockaded the street and aimed rifles at the guy in his truck. And he pulled out his gun and pointed it at them. And I'm like, why would I believe this is slowing down? Now we got a midterm year and they're saying the Republicans, Republicans are going to sweep. Yo, we already had people burn down buildings across this country, killing 25. Why would it get any better? No, it's a good question. And I, I don't want to minimize the violence that, that we're experiencing or that we saw, you know, on January 6th or, or before that, which in my opinion, like, like, you know, you find yourself January 6th with bad. What we saw before that was much worse to me. It was much more because the difference was I, I look at DC. They're, they got cops everywhere. Now, again, like, like they weren't there that day. Like it, it, things were, things were, were bad. But I look at shop owners that were – everything that they've built is being destroyed. Nobody was looking after them. We had, as you said, 25 people died. It was the, it was the bloodiest civil unrest that we've had since the 60s. So, yeah. so the, I, I don't minimize that. But these people then went and voted for Joe Biden. Which, which people? In these big cities. Mm-hmm. They went blue. They went yeah. hard blue. Yeah. These no. people these pe- – Kamala Harris – who was soliciting donations to bail the rioters out. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden, 13 of his staff members, helped bail the rioters out. And the people in Minnesota said, Blue no for, matter I'll, who. I'll, yeah, I'll vote for I, that. People would actually say that, blue no matter who. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> Think about what you're doing before you do it. So no, it was it was incredibly dangerous like like that. I remember being infuriated by that. Like, I, like here's the thing. You know, Rittenhouse got GoFundMe shut down. It's one guy accused of a crime. You actually know the details. When you when you're just giving money to a bunch of people that have been arrested for all, all these violent crime, that that to me, it, it, I found it really troubling. So, what do you think happens come uh, 2023 when Donald Trump, uh, not even 23, maybe 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 ne- maybe this next year, yeah. towards the end of the year, Trump says, "I am officially announcing I am running." Lord help us. Yeah. What do you, do you think? These people are just going to be like, you know what? I've been my whole life. Let, let's say let's say uh, Donald Trump gets elected. Uh, you know, five years ago. Uh, just about five years ago. And you've got someone who's 15 years old. And so they're growing up in the Trump era, hearing nothing in the press, but Trump is evil. He's a Nazi. He's a fascist and must be stopped. A few years goes go by and now they're 19 and they're like, I'm going to vote. A lot of young people. Now these people are being told and they're, as they're entering their early to mid twenties, Donald Trump is running again. This is it. The end of democracy, whatever. You not only have the entire faction of Antifa, who were college age kids up to, you know, adult men. The guy who attacked the ICE facility was in his forties. Now you've got with, with another three years, another set of teenagers who are 15, who are watching all this go down and they're aging into the fray. More and more ideologues are being pulled in as we speak. And in three years, 15 year olds will be 18. They will issue their votes. I think Trump's going to announce you're going to have 16, 17 year olds hearing in the media screeching, louder than you've ever seen, especially as the media is dying out. Their ratings are in the gutter. They're going to be like, we must embrace this more than we've ever embraced it. And they're going to get violent. Add this to the dismal economic outlook and more people becoming poorer and more people having no economic opportunities. It's only going to make the situation that much worse, not just with crime in big urban areas, but uh, nationally all throughout the United States. The middle America has already been gutted by big pharma and the opioid epidemic. But I truly believe a lot of this is orchestrated. A lot of this is planned, whether it's done on purpose or whether it's incentivized by big money uh, for, for pure profit reasons. I think it starts 
starts on the micro level on the internet with algorithms amplifying escalating fights and drama. And I think that's how it started off. And I think it's slowly escalating into this huge snowball that some people are calling a civil war. Some people are calling this left, right, divide and conquer scheme. Uh, I see this done deliberately. And as we fight each other, we never truly solve the problems that are really plaguing us. Just I mean, two points. Like, like first I'll, 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 I'll bet you a bottle of scotch that, that Donald Trump doesn't run again. If you want, we can talk. We can we, talk we, terms we, afterwards. We've talked wow. to some former staffers who have said you probably got better information than me. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going just on my 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 guess on Trump, um, but more like like I, here's here's the serious thing. I, I I think we are seeing that we have seen the re, the rebirth of fascism in America, like in America for the first time. If you if you go back and if you read what was happening in, in Europe in in the 1920s 1930s, fascism has finally arrived to the United States. Um, it's it's exists on both the, the right and the left. It's more ascendant right now, in my opinion, on the left. And, it's, and, and, and it frightens me more, frankly. Um, and so, yeah, like, like I think in, in the near term, it, it's going to be the, the, the violence we're seeing is, is part of that. If you look, you know, Orwell said the word fascism. He's like, it's useless because it's just it's just a slur now. It doesn't. Right. We, we, we forgot what the word means. But if you look at what fascism really meant, um you know, for one, it, it, it meant this idea that we were all one. That you know, the, the, the Italian word, you know, fasci, means it's a bundle of rods, and that it, it's the, the opposite of liberalism, which just right. says, you know, you can go your way, we're going to go our way. Mm-hmm. But when you look at like its impl- implementation, that the fascists were all about blurring the lines of public and private life. They wanted it; they didn't see a difference if it didn't serve the the, the public interest. You know, like they had no interest for private behavior that didn't serve it. That's the Democrats. So, so that, that's where we're arriving at that point, and it, it, it's kind of frightening. Um, but we've seen darker times. Liberty has seen dark, darker times. Fee, for example, was founded 1946. 1946. Take just just pause for a minute and think what 1946 looked like. The the, the communists were a global empire. Um, like like they were they were power hungry. They were going everywhere. We, you know, our ideas are better. We, 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 we have platforms to share them on. Um, we need to persuade people. Don't go down this road. Don't go down this road of, of, you know, toxic ideology where, where you, you put, where you empower the state to run your lives in this fashion. The challenge I see is that, um, you know, we, we, we try to get leftists on the show periodically, but it's, it's really hard. But we have had Vosh, we've had Destiny, we've had, uh, Jen Perlman, we've had a variety of people who are libertarians, uh, many who are hard leftists. Destiny. A few. Yeah, I mentioned them. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, but mostly we get libertarians, moderates, conservatives, and like, I think libertarian is probably the best way to put it. Maybe not big L, but just people who are typically like, here's the news, I understand what's real. The problem is, you know, we, we do this show with, a, with a, a variety of voices. I mean, Luke is very libertarian. He doesn't like to well, use I don't labels. like that word. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying Big Al. He's a, you're a freedom guy. Yeah. He's a freedom guy, and he's ragged on Trump the entirety of Trump's uh, administration. He was never a Trump MAGA guy. The worst trolling I've ever had on, on Twitter was, was MAGA people. <laughs> that that oh, took issue with, with one of my tri- tweets slamming Trump. Um, but, you know, like, I, it's kind of a badge of honor. you got to slam people when they're wrong. I got ruthlessly attacked by them, and it was fine, and I welcomed it, and I welcomed the battle of ideas. It Let's freaked do me this. out. It's so, the first yeah. time that happened to me. So yeah. here, here's the issue. The, 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 the crisis that we're facing is a crisis of realities, two different universes mm-hmm. colliding. At least two. My, my economic it, – it's funny when people get in debates on Twitter over whether or not I'm leftist or conservative because all conservatives are like, Tim's clearly a leftist. 
But I agree with the right for the most part on what's reality. So when they say Trump colluded with Russia, I'm like, well, that's clearly false. I fact check it. Conservatives are like, yes, that's correct, too, because we've also looked into it. But many of these establishment leftists believe something nonsensical. So what happens is on this show, we just try to be correct. We're not always right. We also try to make sure our labels are correct. So I'll say something like leftists are pro Second Amendment. That's a fact. Liberals are not. But in a lot of a lot of times you hear the debate, it's broken down to the left hates guns and the right loves guns. I'm like, no, socialists love guns, too. Karl Marx said, you know, under no pretext, that famous quote. So we tried. We try. But we also point out, I think it's fair to say, when you follow the facts, you will see the Democratic Party is the bastion of fascism today in America with many Republicans as well. The, the, the establishment, you have the Lincoln Project, which were these former Republican, you know, big shots. Mm. And they fled to the Democrats because Trump barged his way in. Trump is not a fascist, in my opinion. And I think what Trump represented was national populism, which kind of upend, upended the establishment political parties, which, which, which do have a tendency towards fascism. But then you end up with many of the leftists blindly supporting Democrats because they live in different reality. So when you get um, Australia is a good example in my feud on Twitter with like Claire Lehman, where I'm like, The Guardian has reported this, abc.net.au has reported this, and I say it and say, hey, it's really bad that they're taking people and putting them in camps. But then you have people who genuinely believe I made that up. So I, I went on Joe Rogan, and I remember seeing, uh, you know, this got posted on Twitter or whatever, and one of the comments was, I'm 45 minutes in, and it's very obvious this guy Tim Pool is making all of this stuff up. What? And that's because they live in a different, a totally different reality. So if you believe Quillette and you don't read the news, it's crazy to believe that the, the Australian Defense Force was deployed in the Northern Territory and is assisting with setting up checkpoints and taking people by army truck, indigenous people to quarantine camps. But that's not my reporting. That's The Guardian. I mean, The Guardian's supposed to be some great outlet. Well, some people don't live in reality. And because of that, they believe things that aren't true. They get angry. They get violent. And then they say, you're evil and I'll fight you. How do you deal with that? It's not an issue of my policy positions. I'm pro-choice. I'm, I'm, I'm fairly economically left libertarian. But that's totally meaningless if the actual progressives don't agree on what is real. Like uh, uh, we were just looking at something from Kyle Kalinske, and we'll, we'll jump into this in a second, where he's claiming Dave Rubin got some guy banned on Twitter with no evidence. And I'm just like, I, I would never report that because I would need verifiable evidence proving that Dave Rubin actually sent someone to get someone banned off the internet. But they will report it as true. Now, certainly we all have our faults as well. We get things wrong too. So I don't want to, you know, I, I think Kyle Klinsky does a good job. But when you have Russiagate for years, when you have Rachel Maddow doubling, doubling, doubling down, and it's not true, and they still don't let it go after every bit of evidence proves them wrong, I don't know how you rectify a group of people who are willing to burn down buildings, kill people while believing insane stuff like this. How, how, do, how do you solve for that? No, like it's the most terrifying part. And I don't know when it started, but but we live today in alternate universes, as you say. It, it, there's another – I'll go back to Orwell. He had a great quote. Um, he was – I think he wrote it in the early 40s. He was reflecting on his experience in the in the Spanish Civil War. And he said, everything since 1936 is propaganda. Oh, wow. and, and he said, he, he, the guy with him nodded. And, 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 and then he explained, he's like, look, I, I've, you know, I've, from an early age, I saw there was nothing ever written in a, in a newspaper that was true. He said, but, you know, it was during war, he said, where, where truth completely, it, it, was, it was obliterated. He didn't use that word, uh, but he, ex- he explained it far more poetically. And when it's one of the things I thought of, like in, in these recent years, when you're when you're watching a CNN clip and they're describing a, a mostly 
peaceful protest while while burning buildings are burning in the background. Um, it, it's troubling when you when you see this, like where where, where truth is going. Um, Solzhenitsyn talked about the same thing during war. Truth dies and again. I'm paraphrasing. Um, but you mentioned this. I hadn't thought of this when you said we're already in a war. Um, I never thought of it that way, but in, in, in maybe one sense we are. And in when, when that is happening, truth, there's no place for truth. And, and people that, that care about it, that actually, you know, if you, you, you tweet something wrong, you go fix it. You remove it. You apologize. You know, when we're in the business of reporting, you get things wrong and you, and you, and you try to, you know, you, you correct it. We, if you do this long enough, you'll make those mistakes. What scares me is we kind of stop doing that. Media doesn't go and, and, and fix a lot of these mistakes anymore. They do occasionally. But, um, it, it is troubling. Like, like we, we live in, you know, I'll bring up Solzhenitsyn again, live not by lies. And I see lies everywhere today and, and I find it, you know, deeply troubling. It's one of the reasons, you know, you, you looked at me. You know, like as a person that, that might, you know, say, well, it's not so bad. I was more taking issue with, with your, the, the catalyst of being abortion, right? I, I think there is going to be a catalyst that's going to cause some, some great civil unrest. Right. Um, you know, I just don't think abortion will probably be the one. Um, you know, I'm not a prepper, but at the same time, I'm moving my family to a more safe area. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, yeah, I, I was really close to that violence in the Twin Cities last year. It was happening. I was up at two in the morning watching all these buildings burned. My family sleeping next to me. And I, it, it was, it was really troubling. The, the preppers are the new prophets in our modern society <laughs> and the conspiracy theorists are the ones who literally yeah. have been calling things as they are right now. Uh, it's absolutely incredible. They're um, troubling times, but we, we, we can get it fixed. We have the, we have the right idea. We've got to repeal the Patriot Act. I I think since September 11th, 2001, we basically, it's been a media manipulation frenzy getting us into Iraq. I agree. I I I thought of this today as I was going through, like, like, like the TSA. I took a picture even and I said, you know what? Bin Laden won. Like, like he, he, he got killed, but, but you know what? Everything he was trying to do, like, like, like he brought down, uh, you know, this evil empire in a way. All the all the values we had kind of went out the window in 2000. Yeah, terrorism won. It, uh, the U.S. allowed itself, whether intentionally or unintentionally, allowed itself to become like a semi-terror. It feels like I'm living under so, in a sort of terror right now. Yeah. So get this. Um, while you've been talking, I've been trying to pull up this image mm-hmm. that shows the perfect example of the different realities, and uh, I can't pull it's it gone? up. Pull so it up. I, I do have some examples, but you can see this on my Instagram. Oh, yeah. There's, uh, two, two, uh, TV screen, two TV screens, I believe it's at a gym. On the left, it says, Sondland confirms quid pro quo. On the right, it says, I want nothing. Sondland confirms Trump no quid pro quo. Nice. The, the reality is, and I wrote about this, was that the truth was there was no quid pro quo. That is not, uh, so this is in reference to Trump, the impeachment, Ukraine trial. It was complete fabrication and lies from the establishment. And the leftists were in line with them, and they believed Trump did these things. And I think a lot of the Democratic Socialist types, like the actual core leftists, probably it goes over their head. But in this image, I can't even pull it up anymore. I basically say, Gordon Sondland said, I personally believe there was a quid pro quo, but Trump said there wasn't. Right. And my response is, okay, well, your opinion on what you think may have happened is not a fact relevant to the, to the impeachment. The, the question is, what did Trump actually say? And Trump said, I want nothing, no quid pro quo, just, you know, go and do this. And I can't pull it up. Sorry, this page is not available. I can show you this, however, a really good example. 
I wrote same screen, different movie. This is a reference to Scott Adams uh, quote about everyone's watching the same screen, but seeing two different things. Right. On the left, you have Benny Johnson, who said Ted Cruz nukes conspiracy theorist DNC activist Chuck Todd. Chuck Ukraine was trying to get Hillary Clinton elected, which is what the media wanted. Ukraine meddling is inconvenient to, for your narrative. Dems have no evidence of a crime. Now you're working for Adam Schiff. On the right is John Harwood, a mainstream media reporter who said Ted Cruz disseminating propaganda fabricated by the Kremlin to weaken the U.S. The reality is Benny Johnson, a bit hyperbolic, but there's more truth to what he said. Politico reported, I believe it was in January of 2017, that um, elements in Ukraine, high, high, high ranking government officials colluded with uh, um, uh, the, Clinton, the Democrats to try and help Hillary Clinton to hurt Donald Trump. And it wasn't like a grand orchestrated Ukrainian government operation. It was a small thing. That's true. Politico reported it. I mean, maybe it's not true. Maybe Politico made it up. You pick. But I can only operate based on what these news outlets claim is true. And I believe that was that may have been Ken Delaney who reported it. I'm not entirely sure. So. But for John Harwood to come out and say it was Kremlin propaganda when the reporting was literally Politico and the New York Times reported Ukrainian court rules that Ukrainians were meddling in the U.S. election. I'm like, that happened. But what do you end up with? They impeached Donald Trump on fabricated narratives. Now, look, you don't got to like Trump. At this point, I was like, look, I'm, I'm stop making me defend the guy. How are we supposed to reconcile what's happening when you have people who are just outright believing made up trash? This guy, John Harwood, literally made that up. I want to say that again. John Harwood completely fabricated this statement, disseminating information he made up in his own mind, and he gets away with it. That uh, does confirm everything I know about Hardwood, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but so, so, so it's two realities. You've got the establishment desperately trying to hold on for control, and maybe they won't, they won't make it. Maybe they won't be able to because of the expansion of new technologies and because, you know, our generation is just more social media savvy. Young people are not going to be watching the TV in this way. Meet the Press is probably going to be worthless, but YouTube still props them up, puts them on the front page. So no, I don't, it I, is. We live in an age of propaganda. And, and, and the problem is that would be difficult. That would be a big problem, even if we are a highly educated society that could, you know, tell. But you, you do polling today and you see a majority of Americans can't tell fact from opinion. So... Um, there, this is on multiple fronts. Um, there are problems. And, um, you know, like I, I think, you know, if, if we're being honest with ourselves, there's going to be a little bit more pain before things get better. Yeah. I think one of the challenges is that, uh, have you ever been to Northern Ireland? No. So I went there and far be it for me to be an expert, but I saw some allusions. That's not illusions, allusions to the, some of the things we're seeing here. And that's the peace wall separating the you know the, the different sides in the in the fighting that took place in Northern Ireland and on one side they're pro Israel and there's a bunch of art you know and on the other side they're pro Palestine and I'm like what does that have to do with your conflict it didn't matter it was tribalism if one side adopted an idea the other side ad adopted the counterpoint and and that's what I see here if you have entire generations that are raised in completely different realities but let's talk about some big tech real quick before we go get into the Super Chat segment. I got to talk about this. This is huge news. Oh, yeah. We got this from TimCast.com. Neutral video platform Rumble to go public with an initial enterprise value of $2.1 billion. Rumble's skyrocketing viewer engagement is a promising sign. Yeah, it's true. Um, uh, it, is, it is a promising sign. Basically, they're doing a SPAC, a special purpose acquisition company through the Cantor, uh, through Cantor, um, I'm sorry. Yeah, Cantor Fitzgerald. That's what it's called. 
They say CF Acquisition Corp. CFVI is a global financial services firm led by Cantor Financial Chairman and Chief Executive Howard L. Uh, I'm sorry, H- Howard W. Lutnick. It's a SPAC, meaning it has no commercial operations and exists only to raise money through an initial public offering. It exists with the intention of merging with another company. So we know that it's going to be merging with Rumble. The company will then become Rumble, effectively allowing Rumble to go public. But it also then does bring in this other institutional investment firm as people with power over Rumble. I think there's some really good things here. There's also some really bad things here. And the first thing I'll say is, man, Ian, did you call it? Dude, get ready for State Street, BlackRock, and then what's that other investment firm? The other big one? Blackstone? I don't know. No, it's BlackRock, State Street, and there's a third one that's oh, huge. Why? They're all going to put 8% into this company. Get ready. Mm. Why would not these big, you know, BlackRock and when whatever, why wouldn't they be like, oh, yeah, we'll buy shares? Yeah. Oh, it's publicly public yeah. traded now? L- look yeah, at we'll Apple, Microsoft, uh, Alphabet. You see... BlackRock, State Street, these same investment firms own like 7 to 8% of almost all these top companies. It's crazy. They just get a little bit, so it doesn't look like they have too much control. Mm-hmm. But they got a little bit of almost everything. First, I'll say the good. It's great that there is competition to YouTube. It's great that oh, Rumble yeah. is growing. These are net positives, but I don't think it's a long-term solution. If now with the, Rumble's supposedly going to have, I think, what did they say, 400 million uh, in proceeds? Oh, wow. Rumble will receive approximately 400 million dollars in proceeds, a combination of a fully committed pipe of 100 million dollars at 10 dollars per share, and 300 million of cash held in the trust account of CFVI. I don't know how much they'll be able to spend, but if this means that Rumble can then go to prominent individuals and say, "How much do you make on YouTube?" and they go, "Oh, I make you know 10k a month," and they say, "We'll give you 11." Move to Rumble, and they'll go, "Done." Is it that easy? Don't you have to like spend all this time and effort building the audience and all that? You do, but um, I mean, look, one of the biggest problems with competing with YouTube is that Google subsidizes YouTube. So they're putting way more money in the platform actually makes. They're effectively doing just that. Stay on our platform. You're going to make all this money based on your viewer count. Rumble can counter that. And they did by basically doing deals with people. We'll give you X years at X amount of money to produce content on the platform then we'll help, you know, it'll help us grow. We'll help you grow, put you on the front page. That can be really powerful. What Rumble needs to do right now with this money is they need to buy billboards. And I know it sounds silly and it's archaic and silly, you know, old school, but you need that mainstream presence where regular people are going to see Rumble. They're going to see Glenn Greenwald up on a billboard in Sun- on Sunset Boulevard or in New York. And that's, that means something. That means Rumble is mainstream mm. and it's not that expensive to do, especially mm. if they have this. So that's the good here. Here's the bad. As Ian pointed out, all of these big institutional investment firms are going to get their pinkies in it very easily. It's publicly traded. Once they have enough control, Rumble is done. People say, yeah, but look, Chris, the CEO, Pavlovsky, is still going to be involved. And full disclosure, I've talked to him. I, I, you know, I, I, I digitally know him. I've never met him in person. And I said, yes. And when I worked at Vice, Shane Smith, the CEO, controlled the board. And that became a feminist company in a couple of years after they took investment from large institutional investment firms. That, I mean, Vice had investment from other places before I got there. But when when Disney came in, when Fox came in and these people invested and then he said, don't worry, I control the board. It took it took uh, two and a half years and the company became woke feminist. And like a CEO, you're he's used. Uh, what's his name again? Chris, Chris Pavlovsky. Is that Pavlovsky. That Chris probably used to call all the shots. He walks into the meeting. He says, we're doing this. We're doing that. And now I know he's still a majority shareholder, so I think he still has board control, but Meaningless. he's going to be surrounded by people that are harping on him every day. He's going to get tired of those meetings. 
and then he wants then he's going to want to get out. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but that's usually what will happen. They attrition using attrition to get you out. I just looked up Alphabet shareholders as of December 20th. This is the company that owns Google that owns YouTube. Vanguard is their top investment holder. It's so it's State Street, BlackRock and Vanguard, these three investment firms. Vanguard's got 6.4% BlackRock is 5.5%. They're going to get in the ground floor, man. It's going to be pennies in the and dollar. And those three companies own about 20% Jeez. of your company. They, if they collude, I don't know. I've never seen proof of it, but it's, it's, it's not that. It's, um, you know, what I was told by someone who is a former executive at Vice, the reason they got woke was because the investors all came in. And even though they didn't have majority power or anything, they said, we have enough power on the back end outside your company. You need to do this now. And they were like, all right, we'll make the changes. So, First, I'll break down the worst of it. Dave Rubin's promises are worthless. Mm. Dave Rubin, after Patreon, do you remember Patreon banned people, yeah. that whole thing? So he goes to these creators, people like Michael Malice, uh, um, you know, and he says, look, join my platform. You know me. You can call me. We're not going to ban you. You know, we know what, you know what this is all about. We're going to make a, a safe place. Well, then locals sold to Rumble. Dave, I, I don't know exactly what his position is, but he's like, no, nothing's changed. It's like, I'm still involved. Like, we're not going to ban anybody. But now, now anything he promised you is meaningless because Ru uh, Locals is owned by Rumble. Yeah. So now it's Chris. Do you trust Chris? Well, I never had to deal with that guy. Like, so maybe, maybe you're someone on Locals. You're like, I never talked to that guy. I don't know who he is. How am I supposed to get a hold of him? Right. I guess I'll still maybe, maybe, maybe Ruben can still help me out. Now they've done this public uh, SPAC deal. And they've got institutional investors involved as advisors legal and the legal uh, for legal advisement and financial advisement. And as Ian pointed out, why would not these big firms be like, hey, a massively expanding company that gained eight million users in a month? I'm in. Right. Mm -hmm. A lot of people might want to buy into that. And then all of a sudden they're going to say my bottom line is being threatened because you're hosting X content or Y content or Z content. And then what happens now? What happens now when the institutional investors are involved and all of a sudden your locals account gets nuked? That would be really bad for their business. So I don't see it happening anytime soon. But it just it says to me that what I really don't like is that following the crisis of Patreon and the censorship, Dave Rubin went to a ton of people and said, trust me. And then it was what, two years later, he sold that and his promise is gone. These people, they own their data. That's what Dave says. Yeah, well, good luck getting two to 5,000 people who have subscribed to your platform to leave and know where your new platform is. You get locked in. You're giving a percentage of your income to them, and their promises became worthless the moment they sold the company. Mm -hmm. Now, they say, oh, don't worry. Chris is, you know, he's going to retain majority control. Great. I've seen that happen before. It's meaningless. These companies get in. They invest. It doesn't matter. They've opened the door and said anybody who wants in can get in. And that means anyone who opposes free speech can simply just George Soros. He could be like, <laughs> yeah. all right, I will buy whatever I can buy. He'll, he'll buy Koch like brothers. stock in a bunch of companies that'll buy stock. In. That's right. Yep. So it'll look like 12 different companies, but Soros owns 6% of each of them or well, something. Bill Gates so. likes to do that too. So there's a uh, Koch brothers, but then they get into the ESG social corporate credit score and then they are really put into a place where they have to comply or they lose all of their funding, lose all of their money. And that's really where they get a lot of big corporations. So is the fear that, that Rumble is going to be YouTube in five years? Mm. Yeah, Rumble's going to be bought by Alphabet in two. That's my fear is that Rumble's going to get bought by Microsoft. It's probably yeah. not too far. Well, they'll, be, they'll probably be looking at antitrust lawsuits if they do, but like, I would hope why? so. Why? And I hope not. No. Like, I, I really don't. Like, here's the thing. Like, we're, we're in a market economy. There's probably half a dozen or, or, or more, a dozen competitors to Rumble that we haven't even talked about yet. Like, like there are solutions Odyssey, to this. Yeah. And you, you know the video space much better than me. Um, 
you know, hopefully, hopefully Rumble recognizes that they have value in allowing different voices on their platform. And, and here's my hunch, like, like YouTube so far has navigated this. Um, you, you start kicking off enough people and, and choking their, their speech. You're, you're going to lose, you're going to lose not just your audience, but the people producing the content. Um, how much are you publishing on YouTube now? So we do, uh, I think probably close to three hours every day. Okay. Well, that's a lot. And, um, and we, and we do put a lot of, we, we do use Rumble and we use, and, um, and we also post on, uh, BitChute and Odyssey. And, uh, uh look, like, I, this worries me for the long term, you know, uh, situation with Rumble and, and, and trying to fight censorship. The, the problem is it feels like we, 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 we were facing a crisis of censorship. And we had people like Dave and Chris be like, everybody quick, hop on board this, this, this safety ship. And then it's like turning around and going right back to Google. It's going right back to big tech and institutional investment. You're like, we're trying to get away from this. So it's like three years of hard work was just erased because the, we know the path this leads down. And I'm, I'm going to stress this point. Everything Ian said about this happened mm-hmm. when it, when it, when it, when it came to locals, when it came to local selling, when it came to what, what, when it comes to what Rumble was going to do, now he's predicting the big firms will buy up a percentage. I'd be willing to bet Ian's right about this. And I think it's fair to say, considering he co-founded Minds and watched the process of investment coming in, not that Minds fell. No, and that. thank God we stayed private and, and Tim Cast is private. I think private company is the way to go. You can take a private company to the top. You do not need to sell out. No, it, it, great call, by the way. Like, like the fact that you even saw that coming is pretty impressive. We didn't think it was going to be in three weeks. Dude, though. fast. Dave basically said, "Hey, Chris, let me sell you locals. I'll take a percentage of Rumble." They're like, "Cool," and then we'll go public. And I mean, it was like a month that happened. He yeah. sold it, and then they went public. Like, they, I, I, I got. I kind of feel like the speed at which it was. It was late October that locals announced it was being acquired by Rumble, and then about a month later, Rumble announced a SPAC. With 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 Cantor Fitzgerald to do, to do you know uh, uh, to go public, and now they're saying it's a two point one billion dollar company, and I'm like, sounds like a cash out to me. Mm. Yeah. Sounds like creating a massive risk to the users who are looking for uh, people who believed in their rights, their free speech, and we're going to create a space. But you know what? Here's what I said before. I'll say it again. Good for them for being entrepreneurs. They have a right to do what they did. People like the platform, want to use it. Michael Malice was like, you know, look, I needed a space. Dave Rubin offered it to me. I know him and I feel better on here than I do on Patreon. So it works for me. And my attitude is like, I wish we had the millions of dollars to fund our operation for our decentralized tech while when, when all this was going on. Mm-hmm. So that instead of there being a rumble that says we're going public and we're going to allow, which effectively allows anybody to come in and buy in, which means the bad guys are now the doors open to them. If we had gone at the same time and we had, you know, the decentralized tech we had, we'd be like, we don't own it. We can't sell it if we wanted to. Are you looking at like blockchain stuff like to, for hosting? Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Or I, I PFS stuff like decentralized mesh networking. Yeah. That's a big part of it. I've been thinking about it all, all morning, like uh, decentralized hosting. No, that's the way. I mean, that's what we need, right? Like I, I, we were talking earlier, somebody in the group downstairs, um, you know, like if we saw it with, what was it? Parlor. If, if you don't have, you know, access to, they, they can cut you off that fast. Like, weren't they accessing Amazon servers? Yeah, and that, Parler was on AWS. And, yeah, they and just, Amazon shut them down. Just like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Ethereum is on AWS, isn't it? I don't know. The ERC-20 network, I don't yeah, know where it rides, yeah. if it's on a multitude of, ideally now you would have access to a multitude of servers, and if AWS cuts you off, you can immediately, right well, within like 10 to 15 minutes, port over all, your new data to a new server that maybe is, is it, in your house, or I want to, make raspberry pies and preload the software and sell them as part of the organization 
Dan Bongino is an investor into Rumble. Uh, I believe Peter Thiel is too, as, as well. Right? I've heard that. And I think Peter Thiel is fairly opposed to a lot of the wokeness and all that stuff. I mean, he didn't like Gawker. He went after them. He's, he's, he's spoken out. I think, um, so and I, I know for a fact Dave is as well. So all of these people I know, you know, have been fighting against authoritarianism and a lot of bad stuff. The problem is you go public, you've opened the door and you said, come on in. Well, if it's is a, a Bilderberg uh, board member. I talked to him. I had many interesting conversations with him about that uh, on on the you know the YouTube channel. But uh, it's it's hard because a lot of people put their full faith and trust into a lot of these platforms, and a lot of times they don't know what's going to happen with that huge business, with that huge infrastructure, and that's why I I, I don't put any faith. Um, in anything you never, unless I could trust it. You that's never, why I have my own private business, my own platform, and I'm building that up and have been building that up for over 10 years. You should never have to trust a person at, at a corporation. The, the contract should speak for itself, what the company's... And then, but the thing is, people trust Elon Musk. They want to like him. They have hope for the future because superheroes do exist. So I was just going to say, for, for years now, I think I've joked that you know Peter Thiel and Musk need to get together and open launch their own social network that's going to be a platform people can actually speak on without... Fear of getting just Censored. nixed like that. I, if it's decentralized, yeah, but then like, is it even a platform anymore? That's a good, good conversation to have. Let's go to super chats. Yes. If you haven't already, smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. It really helps. And go to timcast.com, become a member. We're going to have a members only segment coming up around 11 or so PM, but let's read what you guys got to say. We got this from a sense of muse three says, Tim, I sent a package to you that was returned unclaimed. So I sent it again. Hopefully the post office places a notice in your P.O. box this time. Hope you get the package. Uh, the problem was we got too much stuff sent to us. Mm-hmm. There was so much stuff. They started just kicking back the stuff that that's was coming. And that's a bummer. I'm like, uh, what are we supposed to do? We told the post office like, hey, we get stuff sent here. And they're like, yeah, well, too much stuff got sent here. And I'm like, okay, I guess. Do, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Okay. So, but uh, it should be a problem. We like, we worked it out and we think we have like, more space and we're going to f- increase the frequency of pickups and things like that. So feel free to send away if you'd like to uh, send stuff to us. Julie B says, check out Global Difference Group. They are helping people protect themselves from the Vax passports. Interesting. Ooh. Not heard of that. What were they called? Global, Global Difference Group. Huh. It was interesting. Trinity says, look at strong concordance, then read Revelations 1823. Sorceries mean... Pharmakia? Pharmakia. Okay, so Pharmakia. that's Strong's Concordance. Strong's Concordance. Yeah, what is that? Yeah, yeah. So a concordance is like a, a way to reference Bible verses and like kind of correlate them with other Bible verses, get translations for words and stuff. It's really interesting what she has to say about um, Pharmakia. I'm going to have to look that up. All right. Neanderthal says, it's even worse than you know, Tim. The Vax Pass will expire every six months in Germany. And your vaccination status expires every nine. Yeah. Yep. And the European Commissioner President just said that she wants to start a discussion about making it mandatory for all of Europe. This after a month when she was seen canoodling with the Pfizer CEO. Oh, that's so, right. Yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Man, jeez. Things are going well. Chad L. says, do the people that drive alone with a mask also lay alone in bed with a condom on? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Uh, great comment. I hope they wake up with it on, too. I'm making Thanks, a shirt Jen. out He's of that. He's the winner if we have <laughs> That's going to be a shirt. That's great. <laughs> Write it down. Taking a note. <laughs> Nate says, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't a virus's goal to survive and not kill the host? Yes, you are correct. So well, I don't know if that is a goal, but... 
That's well, the well, whole point of its existence. Sort of. Reproduction. Reproduction. Yeah. So yeah. wouldn't it be the virus's best interest to become more transmissible and less deadly? Yes. That might be a high, uh, a high, a high thought. Oh, well, love the show. Um, you're correct. That's, that's literally that's true. Yeah. What's been happening with COVID is that the initial strain was really brutal. Really, really brutal. But because it was so brutal, people were quarantining. We had shut things Dying, down. Yeah. And then what ends up happening is the more brutal version struggles to spread because people are too sick. So then what happens is when, when variants start emerging, the, there's probably deadlier variants. They don't go anywhere. Super deadly doesn't go anywhere. But the transmissible, transmissible one that's less deadly gets somebody mildly sick. Now they're like, I'm fine. I can go to work. They get other people sick. The less deadly one spreads more and more and more. Over the past two years, we have seen, you know, the, the strains become less deadly, but more transmissible, which makes total sense. You might end up with the sniffles and ignore it. And then all of a sudden you're spreading, you know, the, the whatever variant, the Fauci variant, the Stelter variant. <laughs> Ideally, you have no symptoms. I think someone was saying, it might have been you, Tim, that there are like thousands of viruses and bacterium oh, yeah. in the human body. Just, I don't know. I don't Chilling. have the exact numbers, yeah, but dude. we've learned to live with them. We've overcome the well, uh, the negative side effects. So from my understand, my incomplete scientific understanding, the human body is largely comprised of bacteria and a lot of, lot of different viruses that make us have symptoms that we don't even recognize. And they've become so subtle. They spread that way. We never even know we have them. I'm hopeful that. And some bacteria is good, like your gut yeah, bacteria. Exactly. I bet some viruses are good. I have no Maybe. evidence for that, but like they, they probably have helped us evolve over the decade, millennia. Possible. Definitely, yeah. All right. The Vagrancy Horror says, hey, Tim, could you, could my Eldritch Horror Story channel get a shout out? P.S. Luke, I think you'd like it a lot. Cool. Oh, very cool. We got two super chats here from Brett Tesdell and H Music referencing that Rand Paul was on Crowded this morning was, yeah. and suggested that pharmaceutical companies have a Delta specific vaccine. Interesting. Mm. Oh, oh, Rand said that? Mm. Uh, Ricky Ford is the same thing. Rand Paul told Crowded this morning that they have a Delta variant vaccine. Interesting. I didn't yeah. know that. Well, Congress and, you know, the special super class usually has a whole different set of medications and protocols than the plebs do. That sounds right. Um, do you think that'll ever change? Are we going to have a vaccine now for every variant? Is oh, that the idea? And then you got to get all of them. Collect them all. I don't know full, how that works. Full slate. Ace Prater says, I demanded HR have legal send me a statement. They will or will not require vaccines for continued medical benefits for employees and children for coverage. They sat on the fence like Luke last night. <sighs> what was Luke on the Oh, it's oh, yeah, 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 side. Yeah. I said I was sitting on the fence, but then I pretty much espoused I mean, my, yeah. my After the show, Luke was just like pro-life all the way, no. you know. No, no. We had a, we had a very, uh, we had a very interesting conversation that didn't include that. Not, that created, <laughs> that created the thought of creating children rather yes, than, unsettling. Um, please no. Blisterin, MCE says, as an Australian, I am disgusted at the cognitive dissonance of the rest of my country, uh, county. County or country? Um, well, pinned to the chat right now is our poster trolling the entire country right. of Australia. And you can pick that up. There's also a t-shirt. So if you go to TimCast.com and click store, you will see the t-shirt version and the poster version. We're going to get one of the posters and hang them up. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's a vacation. It's like, come visit Howard Springs. There's razor it's wire. It's a staycation. People yeah, running a from cops. Come to stay. <laughs> people, people did start saying you can uh, check out anytime, but you can never leave. Oh, yeah. snap. Yeah. Somebody yeah, said a beach towel incoming. It's like, yes. All right, let's see. Jimmy Freckle says, keep up the good work. This is our moment. Remember us. All right. Thank appreciate you, Jimmy. It. Thank you, sir. Mm -hmm. Unreasonably Angry says, Jussie going for eggs at 2 in the morning reminds me of that one scene from SpongeBob where Patrick wakes up and goes, oh boy, 3 a.m. and pulls out a random crappy penny. <laughs> awesome. Did you guys know that was the story with Jesse Smollett? Yeah. No, he was going for eggs. Subway, yeah. no? No, eggs. Wow. He went so initially for eggs. He said that yeah. he, he had a craving for eggs at 2 in the morning, but Walgreens was closed, so he went to Subway. 
That's a horrible excuse. Like, he just come up with a better craziest thing yeah. ever. Didn't he? Who can't did, relate with a man? Who, who can't relate with someone who woke up at two a.m. with an egg craving? How long is that trial going to go on? Oh, it's going to be done quick. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They, they've. I guess both brothers have already testified. And I love it. The New York Post reported that they testified they would have sleepovers together. And I'm like, I, I, I don't think that's what adults call it. Yeah. It's not but it. Sure. <laughs> There's a yeah, family-friendly show. Andrew Gill. <laughs> yeah, but they were getting drugs for him. And both brothers, I think, were basically like, yeah, they paid us to do it. You know, mm. There's bathhouses involved. Oh, but I think it's wow. fair to point out, yeah. these two guys, If like I, we don't have to trust them. You know what I mean? If they're claiming they were in on it. For all we know, they went to Jesse and they were like, "Hey, we got an idea. We'll make a ton of we'll make a ton of money. You in?" And Jesse was like, "All right, I'm in." You know what I mean? Like, does it matter? Well, it, well, I'm just saying, like, we shouldn't act like these two guys were just like Jesse's asked us to do it. He's our friend. They they're willing co-conspirators. Like, they should be charged too for this. Yeah. They're, do they have they immunity? Did. I, did they get immunity? I think they do. probably probably yeah to testify because Jesse's the big fish. They got know. a deal of some kind. Yeah. Ted Scannon says, Ian, yes, increasing the number of representatives would increase the bribe. Sorry, lobbying money. Corporations would have to spend, and there would be better representation based upon population. Hmm. More, maybe, but then we'll have to increase it again in the future. I like the idea of removing the House of Representatives and just having it be like a smart contract that triggers when the votes come in of your jurisdiction and says yes or no for you. You don't have to rely on a human to do it for you. Hmm. That way the, the program can't get bribed. could get hacked, but it couldn't get bribed. BlackRock Beacon says... I agree that the culture war is a fifth generational conflict, but the goal of fifth generational tactics is to weaken and disorganize the target so they are either unable to mount an effective defense or forced to surrender. However, all fights end on the ground. Mm. Ooh, man. Interesting. When I was a kid, almost every fight that would break out would just be a wrestling match. Yeah. And I was like, when I watch movies, they do like kicks and blocks and stuff. How come you guys just like yeah. roll around on the ground, <laughs> like shoving each other? You know what I mean? I was a wrestler. That was my sport. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I guess it's because comes you, in handy. Yeah. <laughs> you can put someone in submission, you win, you know what I mean? Colin Sanders says peaceful divorce because corrupt politicians drunk on power are well known for letting the peasants take the ball and go home. Totally how it goes. Oh yeah. Billy Bob says I would love to hear your views on the idea of corporations getting involved in a civil war, turning it into the first corporate wars like cyberpunk. It's actually a really interesting idea. I think you were saying that, right Ian? Yeah. That's terrifying. Sounds yeah. like a Stephen King novel. Well, maybe not a Stephen King, but like a, a good sci-fi. All novel. these unemployed people now that are out of work, and then if if inflation, like Luke was saying, if it gets really, really, really bad, which it looks like it's on track, it will be. the corporations yeah. have enough money to pay people to join them to do whatever they get paid to do, which is like be part of our armed militia. We need more land to produce more drones, uh, and then the government's going to be completely as they are impotent. I mean, they'll be commanding the military, but then they'll, the what military will then? be getting bribed by you the corporations. Yeah. And like DARP, like uh, these corporations already are selling arms to the U.S. government. Why wouldn't they just stop and start selling their weapons to to Amazon instead? Mm. We could write a novel. That, that does sound like like a Running Man mm-hmm. story there yeah. in the making. We should make some short films, man. Yeah, it'd be fun. Right? Yeah. Is anybody out there the a good with... film producer with like cool effects? We'll build a a green screen room, and then we can do crazy. You know, we can like I don't know. I watched Cowboy Bebop the remake, and mm-hmm. it's basically just all green screen room stuff. And I'm like, it looks really cool. But what's wrong with their writers? 
Yeah. You know? I guess they're remaking Yu Yu Hakusho now or something because they're like, you know, kids watched Adult Swim and now they're older and they're going to want to watch our new nostalgia It shows. seemed like they were trying to make it a cartoon. Did you guys see Cowboy Bebop? I have. It looked like they yeah. were trying to make a cartoon a real show, which didn't translate. Like right, I saw the Ed sense. thing and her being all like an anime character. She kind of did it right, but it didn't translate. It, no, it was – Someone commented the Cowboy Bebop Ed scene was like being at Comic-Con and seeing some dumb kid doing a cosplay in the middle of the hallway. And I'm like, that sounds about right. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I don't think the show was bad. You know, I liked it. And I think uh, Mustafa, who played Jet Black, nailed it. Um, his voice, man. He got the voice perfect. I was impressed. And I liked the show. It's not the same show at all. The problem is they tried to make a live action show like a cartoon. And I'm like, what are you doing? Make it a live action show. It's got to be different. Mm-hmm. But that's uh, there you go. Let's make some short films. Make some sci-fi. We do a lot stuff. of cool stuff on green screens now. Talk you to get... Sean Malone. He's 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 video guy. He's, he's great. Well, we'll do. We'll make an entire room that's green. Mm-hmm. The whole room with we'll panels. Get... You get like and you stack panels modularly all over, like around you, and kind of. Bl- I don't know if you stand on green or not. You can. Yeah, you don't the floor need to. Will be green, and Ooh. we'll do vaulted vaulted ceiling. I don't know if that'll work, but we'll do good lights and everything, and then we'll put Ian in outer space. Oh, finally. <laughs> I knew I was going to get <laughs> that He's already right. there. Hey, but if, if I do end up going into orbit, you guys want to go with me? You guys go down? to orbit? Yeah. yeah it's like scary. going Jeff Bezos' yeah. wiener ship? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> he knew what it looked like when he built it. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, absolutely. Dude. There's he no was way. Sent, he was like, sending a message. Yeah, he found out part logo? I mean, hey, have you guys seen uh, Silicon Valley? Uh-uh. A little bit of some it. Of it. Yeah. I think their whole joke was against Bezos. Like the, the guy runs a spoof company, Hooli. He's like the villain. And uh, it, their logo is, it, it's, well, it's, it's genitalia. And I'm like, they're making a joke at Bezos. Oh Somebody gosh. went to Bezos and said, here's our proposal for the design. And he went, that looks like a dick. And they were like, it does. And he goes, like, run with it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. where your head's at. Because he did, he had to approve it. Of course. Wouldn't it be funny if like he didn't and he had like some like lieutenants and he was like, guys, get it done. Do it make sense. And he's like, you got it. And then these guys were just like not paying attention when they were doing the plans. And then finally Bezos looks at it and he's like, it's complete. And they're like, there it is. And he's like, it's a giant dick. <laughs> it sure is. It sure I'm is. looking at it now. There's a lot of it's phallic logos. Seeding the universe. <laughs> All right. The universe. Oh, man. <laughs> they're like, the ejection port is right up at the top. <laughs> it's oh, right man. at the tip. Oh, my so God. That's where, that's where you come out of the, <laughs> and, I mean, the shuttle when it lands. I mean, Amazon is going to screw you, literally, <laughs> yeah, especially fair. with the Washington hey. Post and CIA and oh, their okay. encryption breaking technology and facial recognition technology that Amazon is also building. So but they yeah, sell us some It's only a matter of time until you get that. Rocket in Mike, your... Mike Peterson says, screw Luke. No, Ian, I'm leaving. Well, screw you too, buddy. <laughs> Everyone's no, going to be care. walking out because everyone else is puking. It's going to be a hard one. No, Luke, we nuke sounds better than we puke because puke has a, a U sound in it, you know? I don't care. I Smedley Butler Third says, if fascism is the merger of big business and government, then it truly began in 1910 on Jekyll Island, and 110 years later, the world still has no idea. Good point. Yeah. When you were talking about the first kind of the introduction of fascism being in the modern era. I was thinking of Woodrow Wilson. A lot of people say he was like the most fascist American president of all time. Worst president in U.S. history. And I didn't even think of the Federal Reserve while you were talking earlier, but that definitely, it seems like something, they got their their talents in. And if you look, if you read, you know, if you read Marx, one of the things he he, he says, get control of of, of banking, get control of of money. And and it's one of the many things that we unfortunately listen to Marx on. Hmm. All right. Socratic Disciple says, here's an idea, Tim. If you want people to realize that you're not making it up, post your sources as links in the video descriptions. That would be very helpful to the rest of us who want to share your arguments with our friends and family. 
There was an issue with when you put links and descriptions, what how YouTube negatively impacts the content. Mm-hmm. And that's why what I do is I include the URL in every single video. At the top, you can see it, and you can see the NewsGuard certification. And that's why the screen on my main show is always mostly the news article, yeah. so you can literally see it. And it's very easy. Um, if you see the title of the article, type it in, and you, you'll find the source. It's not that difficult. Uh, I'm not saying that to be difficult or condescending. Uh, one of the issues, I guess, was that I was I was told, uh, uh, and I've, I've experienced this, if you start loading up links, YouTube's view of that is the more you link off the platform, yeah. that it, you're taking away from them. So I was like, okay, well, I'll, I'll include it visually in everything. You can see the article. You can see it. You can see the certification. The issue I'm referring to is that people who are just listening to Joe Rogan, and none of these sources are there, are just like, he must be making all of this up. It's like, well, if you only watch CNN, you'd probably think that. But we got sources for all our stuff. All right. Austin Scott says, Psalm 3713. Also, I sent you guys a gift to your P.O. box. Did you get it? We may have. We have new shelves for all the mail we're getting because we're getting slammed by tons of mail. It's crazy. You guys are awesome. Thanks so much for sending us all this stuff. Lots of cool stuff. I really appreciate it. I uh, debuted Officer Jack Boot Jackson on one of the (laughs) vlogs, opening some of your uh, packages. And uh, it's always cool when you know you pick up people, who, whoever you like in the house, when you send them stuff. It's it's really awesome and a very cool personalized experience that I love. Kevin Pilgrim says, "Did you see Ennis Cantor is legally changing his name to Freedom Ennis Cantor?" Yeah, I did see that. That's awesome. So Freedom is on his jersey. Good for him. Yep, yep. Good. I tried to buy that jersey. Yeah. Uh, they don't have it up yet. Uh. Really now says, "Screw Dave and Rumble sellouts." Oh, look, I'm wondering what you guys think about that because obviously I ranted. Like, do you think it's selling out what they did? What they're doing? You kind of got to define sellout. But like, is it is it that they're trying to make money for themselves, or do you think they're trying to grow the business to to, to fight fight for an like for the, the for freedom of speech? The part stuff? of it that strikes me as a sellout is when Dave said, "I'm going to make sure you never get banned," and then he sold hmm. their that um that responsibility away. That was the big sellout to me. Not necessarily the worst part of it by any means. You can say do whatever you want in business, uh, but that that is yeah. I mean, I feel like he led people astray. It was very weird coming from him. It very much felt to me like he saw that people were worried about getting censored, censored, and it was an opportunity to basically get all of these deals. And then as soon as he had this pantheon, he sold it. Don't know, Ruben. I will say it sounds a little exploitive, right? Like yeah. like he saw an opportunity, and, and maybe he was excited about the opportunity, and it, it, it could work to his benefit. And and he wasn't looking much beyond that. I mean, to be fair, that's just enterprise. You know, he saw he saw a hole in the market. He took advantage of the hole in the market. He provided a service that people agreed to sign up for and wanted. And then he uh, got his exit. Hmm. You know, I don't, I'm not saying he took a bunch of money out of it. I don't, I don't think he got paid a whole lot for the acquisition. But it is interesting that a month after the acquisition, they do a SPAC deal. And I, had, yeah. I have to believe that Dave knew about all that. Yeah. There's, I, I can't imagine, you know, how long does it take to do to do a SPAC deal like this? How much how many legal forms? I wouldn't be surprised if the investment firm you know, was talking with Rumble and they were like, guys, you just don't have it. You're missing a core component. You're missing what brings people in and you're missing a core element of uh, monetization. People. And they, were monetization. Missing, they were missing the names. They were missing Michael Malice and was Blair that's, on there? Too? Yes. They needed the names. That's why Spotify got Rogan. That's why Minds wanted you. That's why uh, uh, Rumble hired a bunch of people. They got uh, uh, Siraj. They got Glenn Greenwald. Yeah, yeah. Yep. They they basically they contracted them to produce content. So I think you're right. I also think though they're looking at monetization in the sense where it's like, what's how do you how do you make money off this? 
And so they go to Dave and they're like, look, we want to, this is just my opinion. If I was to speculate, we want to do a SPAC deal. These contracts probably took months to prepare. There's no way they pulled it off in just a month. I mean, I've been working on contracts for people just to get a show produced takes two months to go through, you know, work out the deal. So I can't imagine that they, they didn't know this was happening, which says to me, the likelihood is they knew they were working the deal. They needed a component of people subscribing and paying money to the creators they like, something they could add to the mix. They are still separate websites. Then they go to Dave and say, here's what's going to happen. Dave must have known about it. Mm. I'd see their two point, what is it, 2.1 billion valuation, I think. Yeah. I want to see what it was before they acquired uh, well, they locals. were private. Yeah. Yeah. All what would they sounds, have been thought of? How much would they have been worth then? I think your instincts sound about right. Like, as far like this, this deal has probably been in the in the works for months. Um, and and whether he knew or maybe they just said, "Hey, look, we, we need people." Um, maybe he knew about the deal. Maybe he didn't. Um, he, it, he might not have. Maybe I'll yeah. tell you. I don't know how well you know him. I'd, I'd ask him next time I see him. Yeah. It's possible. Uh, you know, the famous story with Bill Gates is that uh, IBM needed an operating system. So he said, I got one and, and I'll give it to you. And I'm, I'm, I'm probably getting the story wrong. But the general idea was he was like, yeah, we definitely have an operating system for you. That's great. We want a dollar per machine. And they're like, great. He walks out of the meeting and he's like, OK, now we need an operating system. <laughs> he eventually finds a guy who created the, uh, you know, the DOS, DOS, which is, you know, operating system. And then buys it off him for 50 grand, then goes to IBM and says, here it is. And so, I mean, yeah, I don't think he did anything wrong. It was his deal. He had it. This other guy didn't. And he gave the guy 50 grand for the operating system he, he put together. And then he went and sold it and made a lot more money off it from the, from the deal. So Dave may have had no idea. They may have come to him and say, we want to acquire uh, Rumble. It'll be great. We're going to have this video infrastructure to help you guys out, lower your costs. It'll be better for everyone. Dave probably like, sound good to me. And then Dave may find, may have found out about this the moment it happened. Considering he's deeply involved and cl- or claims he's, he's still involved, I really doubt it. Oh yeah. Cause they paid him in stock. You don't accidentally take stock for, Ooh, you know that for sure. That's what he said on his announcement oh. video. Dave did. He said, I received stock. He knew. In the- yeah. Dave knew the whole of time. Course. Was That's why he took the stock. Cause they were about to go public. No. Uh, yep. Oh, That's right. Oh wow! And, and I don't know gonna, that, and, and they're going to get a, they're like. going to get a bonus depending on if the stock value reaches a certain number. Fifteen dollars. If it reaches fifteen bucks, they get a bit. They get more shares, right? And if you look like at that. what IPOs are doing, like these spec IPOs are all exploding. Yeah, and maybe they're going to slow down, but yeah, like they're doing very well. <laughs> and then about three days later, they they taper off. Yo, it is possible that Rumble becomes the next most amazing thing. Frees their software code, federates with mines, and be, and really does upend big tech. That is possible. I'm waiting for it. Yeah. Let's go. I'll hold my breath. Uh, so what does what does that mean, real quick? Because I, I I want to read some. Someone mentioned that they 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 uh, financial advisor. I don't want to read this, but I just want what 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 do you think it means morally and ethically if Rumble had been working on this deal for some time, went to Dave and said, "We're about to do a SPAC deal. We're going to go public. We want to acquire you know locals. We'll give you stock in exchange for this." You know what really really pisses me off about mm-hmm. that? If that's the case. Is that Dave, the value he brought here is literally just he convinced all of these people to sign up for a platform that is, in my opinion, it took us, uh, I think, three days to make ours hmm. for, 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 to be fair, for just one, you know, site that auto, it auto populated content. We could post articles. We could post blogs and all that stuff. It's very easy to do this WordPress stuff. Granted, they probably did a little bit more work to have their own proprietary code and all that stuff, but the real selling point to give Dave this stock was not the system they built. It was the people he signed up for it. And I wonder how much stock he got. If he knew when he was approached by Rumble, we're going public, I just feel like that was 
the definition of exploiting a crisis and manipulating people to, you know, you know what? I got to say, look, if you're a capitalist, you're an enterprise guy, you're probably fine with it. That's fine by me. But whatever. If you're Dave Rubin, who talks about big tech as a problem, it is that's different, man. I'm I'm fully with you that be a be a capitalist and and make your money and and screw other, along the way if you need to to get there. But ethics, man. And if you're going to talk about something, don't go and do the opposite. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, no, ethically, I'm with you. Like, I, like, like people I know, I, I, I kind of, and look, maybe he convinced himself, and this is all speculation because I know less about the deal than you guys do. Like, as you said, I didn't even know he had, he got stock for it. Um, but people I know, if I'm doing, if I'm going to try to convince them for my selfish motives, there's something kind of in conflict yeah. there. Yeah. I, I believe in like the good, wholesome capitalism where someone invents a light bulb and it lights up the world for everybody. And that person becomes rich because they made the world genuinely a better place. Mm. Well, you get people like Thomas Edison and they were like, that filament's lasting too long. How are we supposed to sell these things? Can somebody make a crappier filament that burns out so we can consistently sell these things? Classic. What a dick. Yeah. Planned obsolescence. That's yeah, right. actually yeah. a, 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 exactly. a term that's thrown around because it's so common. Really now, says, I am a financial advisor. This stuff doesn't happen overnight. I love him and have been an avid watcher of Dave's show. Yeah, I yeah. love Dave. I think he's done a lot of good. And I think he's been, I think he really didn't realize his, his role in big tech in doing this. I, I think he didn't realize that he was by making proprietary social it's, networking it's, and selling to other that he was. It's not personal. What bothers me is we are fighting tooth and nail every day against the establishment, the censorship machine. And what we need is resilience. And the best thing I could have said was like, I understand that what Davis created is a centralized, you know, system and there's a risk of being shut down. But at the very least, at least it's private. Yeah. Can't say that anymore. Now anyone can buy in. And I mean, like you said, Vanguard, uh, Black Rock State, State Street, all he, three of He those. literally sold out. <laughs> literally. <laughs> so like, like, let's call it a spade a spade here. The let's good thing is how, how invested are you at this point? I was thinking about buying Rumble stock. I don't know if it's going to play like one of these meme stocks now. People. People said, Tim, buy as much as you can then. And I'm like, no. I don't support it. I mean, I don't hate right. anyone involved with it. I just don't support big tech at the it. moment. So we I haven't invested yet. We literally use Rumble infrastructure as, yeah. a, as, 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 as a business client. I guess I'm on YouTube and, right and now. And we, so we, we posted them. YouTube. They're great. They offer a great service. It's, it's a way better price point than anyone else. I, we use them. They're good. My issue is just like, don't come to me and claim you're fighting for free speech if this is what's happening, you know? Mm. All right, let's just read one more here. Hunter Caught says, you talk about planned obsolescence as if these vaccines don't have planned obsolescence. <laughs> yeah, I don't, that, that's, that's very, very different. But I certainly think we're heading towards a subscription plan. And the, the joke I made was use promo code Fauci Ouchie to get $10 <laughs> off, you know, blah, blah, blah. All right, here's another one. Home B says, problem with the light bulb, light pollution. Big cities lost touch to the universe when they lost the stars. That's a great point. I agree. Did you guys know yeah. that in the, uh, I believe it was in the 90s, the lo local police stations in, in Los Angeles started getting inundated with phone calls about something strange in the sky? And what people were seeing was the Milky Way. Power had gone out, oh. and for the first time, people saw the Milky Way in the sky and were confused by it. So That's a cool anecdote. It's beautiful, it's though. Crazy. I mean, I think yeah. we went, I, I, I think desert. you were there uh, with me. We went to the desert yep. in desert, Las Vegas yep. during uh, DEF CON. And like when you see the stars up for what they truly are without any light pollution, it is, I, I was going to say awe stunning again. Uh, <laughs> a word you made up. Uh, yeah. I'm going to use it again. Excellent it's awe stunning and, like and beautiful yeah, and, and definitely gives you a perspective on your existence 
that really does humble you comparatively to all the other superficial bull crap around it you. It kind of underlines yeah. what you were saying earlier about it. If, if social media gets more entrenched in people that we might see a civil some, war, some of a civil war and, but then and, self, kept, and more self destruction. And it kept making me think, get away from the computer, go into the woods, mm. experience nature because maybe that is the solution to world peace. No, humans need it, especially right now. Like I, I remember like the first time I saw the Milky Way in the Badlands with no light for miles and miles. And it, it was like you could, it was heaven. You could reach out. And, a, and all of us are addicted to our phones, right? Yeah, like, I mean, true. we're on it. I know, I know at least you two, uh, you know, are on Twitter as much as me and it, it's, it's toxic. But I'm on a computer when I'm tweeting. Good but for uh, you. the first time you saw the Milky Way is kind of a crazy thing to say. Yeah, no, it was, I, I remember the, it. Back in the day, people would be like, I remember the first time I saw it. I was a baby, um, you know, but today. All right. Anyway, my friends, go to TimCast.com. Become members. We're going to have a members-only segment coming up at around 11 p.m. is when we publish it. So definitely check that out. Don't forget to smash the like button. Subscribe to this channel. You can follow the show. Just search for TimCast IRL everywhere else. We put up clips on Instagram. So check that out. Hit those like buttons. And you can follow me personally at TimCast on Twitter and Instagram. You want to shout anything out? Well, uh, yeah, go visit us on fee.org is where we publish all our content. If you want to find me, John Miltimore, I'm at uh, Twitter, Miltimore79. Uh, also on Facebook. And if I get a few more on Facebook, I'll, I'll hit my, my 10,000 number. Very so nice. let's make that happen. Fedbook. I also want to shout out the, the commenter who said that the shirt I'm wearing is going to tick some people <laughs> off. I really appreciate <laughs> that. You can get yours on the best political shirts.com. But, um, I also made a very helpful video on lukeuncensored.com, which now also includes Change Media University and the Apocalypse Survival Course for free. If you're a part of that, lukeuncensored.com. Hope to see some of you guys there. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for coming, Luke. Love it's to have you here, man. Hey, guys, great to see you again. Great to be here. Love you. John, thanks for coming, man. This hey, is great. thank you guys very much for having me on. I loved it. Yeah. Most right epic. On. Yeah, I am going to go check out Luke's uh, Apocalypse training now. That sounds awesome. You guys may follow me on Twitter at Sarah Patch Litz. Before we go, okay. don't forget, go to TimCast.com, click store, and get this. this Visit Howard Springs poster. <laughs> it shows two beautiful people sitting on the beach, surrounded by razor wire as a police boat chases after a man trying to escape. And it says, visit Howard Springs, <laughs> totally voluntary relocation camp, Australia. He's wearing a mask. I love it. I'm going to get these. I'm going to hang them up. It's going to be beautiful. <laughs> They're the best flyers, the best advertisement for what's happening in Howard Springs. Memes. Mm -hmm. People will see this and they'll say, what is that? And you will answer and you will tell them and they will be confused, but they're funny. I got so a question make more of these. about this one. Is the sun rising or setting in this picture? It has I don't to know. be rising. I think it's rising. You think it's rising? Yeah. Early morning. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's morning. I, I thought a sun set earlier. I wonder yeah. what that means yeah. about. We also have a t-shirt version, yeah. but, but you can get these posters and you can hang them up. They can, they, you can take the poster and you can put it, you know, on a, on your walls oh, oh. and people will then and see then it. You too oh. can act as if you are in Australia, not <laughs> put in, in a your window. Put it in your window. You got a storefront, put it in your storefront yeah. windows, make it, you know, anyway, thanks for supporting us. We'll see y'all over at timcast.com. Bye.